All right, we're live. Hi, my name is Jeff. Back with Jeff. You know what it is. Don't been know what it was. <laughs> All right, bro. Well, been looking forward to this one too. Honestly, I, I don't know, dude. I've been looking forward to all of them. Honestly, for which, sure. I mean, I'd, I'd look forward to them as a listener too. Shit. Oh hell yeah. And you should too. Thank you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if you're just finding the podcast, take Jeff's word for it. <laughs> Uh, yeah, dude, I, it's something I kind of been realizing as I've been telling everybody that I've been looking forward to this, you know, but it's like, yeah, I wouldn't be sitting and recording if I wasn't looking forward to it. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> kind of redundant, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But, uh, yep, made a couple blue Hawaiians, went a little heavy on the pineapple cream. Not gonna lie, it tastes like sherbet. Thank you, thank you. I'll take that as a compliment. All day. Yeah, so if we have to take a break somewhere in here, I might go make a sunrise. I know you brought some, some apple crown. Is that mm-hmm. what I saw? Mm-hmm. Okay. Crown Royal. I got some Sprite up there. I didn't know exactly how you were going to feel about uh, vodka. I know we talked about it before, but I didn't listen back. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I just figured I'd have a couple drink options on deck. But yeah, dude, what... Uh, I got into Unit 731... Last day or two, got back into it, just to kind of get some uh, some clarification, because I believe I said it was in the 60s when I was talking to you and Zach, mm-hmm. and I was thinking back about it, I was like, nah, did I think that shit was pre-Kennedy, 1938 to 1943. Wow. Whenever uh, Japan surrendered after Nagasaki. Yeah, that would be the end of the war. Yeah, because they the weren't... USS Missouri. They were not going to surrender... Simply due to Hiroshima. Mm. They were like... Pfft. They're a very prideful nation. Yeah. And in the background, dude, they had all that shit going down. Yeah. yeah. It's depressing. It's fucking dark. And it's, uh, it's a rabbit hole when you start digging into it. So. Yeah, just a fair warning. This is a tinfoil hat episode. The, yeah. The, <laughs> I mean, yeah, dude. This, Yeah. We're going to tinfoil hat the fuck out of this. I know you got some... Uh, some interesting CIA docs that you were looking to... Mm-hmm. Time not, to go down the rabbit hole. Dude, and I'm looking to get educated on... Dude, half those... Most... 90% of those things I was not aware of. Like, the first couple? Okay. Like, even the Tuskegee thing, it ties in a little bit to uh, Unit 731, but... How do you want to start? Um, Do you want to start on the Unit 731? Because I'm not really fully up to date on that myself. Okay, yeah. All right. And by all means, I uh, I want to throw a little disclaimer out there. Do your research, okay? Because I might get a couple things fucked up here or there as far as, like, dates, names, whatever. <clears throat> but, <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> but I will say, when the COVID shit happened, it's one of the first things I thought of. I was like, dude. There was a leak somewhere. So basically, like, um, not to ruin the story, but spoiler alert. <laughs> 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 uh, unit 731. Uh, there were a bunch of sister units. I think Unit 100. Unit like of what? Like, uh, Okay, so basically what happened was General Ishii, I believe, you're Yurimo Ishii, whatever. The uh, 
the Japanese nation was worried about going to war with Russia and... Oh, yeah, we got a fact checker right here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just put in 730, unit 731 Ishii. Mm-hmm. Was it? Did his name pop up? It, it's going General, slow, Okay, yeah. yeah. Um, he, uh, so Ishii's kind of an interesting character. Let me start there. He mm-hmm. came from kind of a prominent family. Um, from, like, a couple of things I'd read in, uh, even heard on podcasts, like, the general consensus is he was an arrogant fuck. And he was from a family of, like, four siblings. I think he was one of four. And he went to school to be a doctor, okay? Hmm. Then he got in the army, became a general. But he's still a doctor at heart, right? And so one thing that he did that's good... I guess let's throw some good out there before we just dirt fucking bury the guy. <laughs> he uh he created a water filtration system. Hmm. Okay. So he was doing like a lot of research that um like what people were dying of cuz I mean this is after World War 1 and a lot of people were dying of just disease and unsanitary conditions. That's so why a lot of people drank alcohol back then instead of water. Yeah. And I mean Today, too. You know yeah. what I mean? Like fucking Flint, dude. <laughs> but, yeah, so he created a filtration device that would uh, kind of help bring cleanliness to the battlefield. And, you know, that's good. You, he started to implement that within, like, the uh, civilian sector, too. Makes sense. And so he devised this plan right because one of the things that he thought was uh the only way to really know about if efficacy of certain things is to do human testing mm-hmm. right you could theorize all you want you could do tests on like bats and rats but he wanted to have like definitive data it sounds like he was friends with a certain german scientist um actually very often they're compared to the Nazis. And one of the things is that, uh, I'll get into why it's not talked about, like, the Nazis' extermination of the Jews. And I don't mean to chuckle when I say that, but the reason is just, it's pretty similar to Paperclip, mm-hmm. but even more kind of sinister in my opinion. Um, but anyway, so he did all that. Some good things. But then he wanted to devise uh, a way to do certain tests on humans. Like, uh, one of his majors was in um, blood pathogens. And I want to say virology. I'm probably wrong about that. But I know one of them was blood pathogens, right? Mm -hmm. So, I can't remember exactly where it was. I thought I had it written down here. Let me see if I can find it really here. Okay, so um, Manchuria, okay, like the Manchurian candidate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, it's where he set up the first lab, and it's kind of fucked, but it's kind of what our government does, right? It, it's and It was actually in China, right outside of Harbin, Harbin. But he used water purification. The Ping Fang district over there. 
The Ping Fang. Mm-hmm. Okay. He used water purification as a cover, right? Hmm. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah. No, we're definitely doing some sort of bioscience. But, you know, water purification is the main thing we're doing here. So he built this facility. And in the middle of it, there was, like, what they call Roblox. And it was this square fucking... Wait a minute. Roblox. Hmm. Like the game? Just a square block, basically, is what I guess row means. In Japanese, Roblox. Watch your kids. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Subliminal messaging. Subliminal messaging, dude, for real. But anyway, so they, he created this facility, and then there was like all sorts of different departments. <clears throat> and uh, I didn't write down any of the departments. I probably should have. But um, what he wanted to start doing. Oh, yeah, there you go. That's a good summary right there. I don't even have to say anything. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, just keep fact-checking me. Well, I was letting you go on based off your research. It's yeah, always good. Yeah, yeah. One of the things he started doing was, like, um, he started this campaign where he told Chinese kids. Now, hold on. Let me let me stop there and back up a little bit. If you don't know about the Japanese, even today, but, like, uh, which is kind of broad today, but, like, pre-1960s, 90s even i would say pre-90s they um they had an an imperial mindset a lot of them still do like the old cliche is they're loyal to japan there's a reason why they don't get along with the koreas yes but they had kind of the same thing the germans had dude they were racially superior so like they felt it was okay to kind of control china the Koreas, right? Mm-hmm. They thought it was okay to control them. And it was even taught that, like, it's our destiny to control them. And they they need it and they like it, you know? So it kind of was a brainwashing thing, too. But anyway, so they're in China doing this, right? And he started uh, this campaign where he was, like, for every Chinese kid that could bring in a rat, he'd pay him. Well, it ended up being he'd pay him, and every rat they brought, he'd give them a pencil, right? Hmm. So, so anyway, the reason they wanted these rats is to breed them. Hmm. Okay. It's, dude, this gets horrific, like horror story type shit. And they wanted to breed fleas. I'm going to cut ahead a little bit. They wanted to breed fleas because fleas were going to be the carrier for a lot of these diseases and viruses that they were going to try and inflict and use for uh, like a carrier for their bio warfare. That's like how the whole black plague spread like all throughout Europe is that exact thing through fleas and stuff. Dude, I mean we have it in prairie dogs here. I mean we have it in quite a few other creatures but it's like a lot of people don't know prairie dogs carry it. Rats still carry it. There's hmm. field mice. Some field mice in certain areas of the United States carry it. Um, But there's not the breakout because people aren't eating prairie dogs you know they're not catching mice to eat um but yeah so some of the things that he uh wanted to use for bioweapons right some of the things they studied were typhoid dysentery anthrax black plague um prototyphoid i believe Hmm. and cholera syphilis gas, gangrene, 
It's fucking crazy shit. What right? a wild mindset. Like, to think that you as a country can do that and expect it not to come back on your own people if it's, like, a whole pandemic type thing. Yeah. and Well, that's the thing. Is like, they knew it was wrong, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, which is kind of why they were using it. They were using certain avenues of cover. <clears throat> One, they knew it was against G- Geneva, you know? Mm-hmm. But, spoiler alert, the pro prototyphoid was the most deadly okay (laughs) fucking sad dude but anyway so they were breeding these fleas and dude at one point they had like i want to i want to i can't remember if it was three thousand or three tons or kilos of viruses and it was enough to like infect the whole world three times over. Like, hmm. just in that little facility in Manchuria. Now, one of the things, dude, is like, we'll cut forward again. Like, they started getting these, um, again, he wanted to, to do human experiments, right? Mm-hmm. So, it started with prisoners that were sentenced to death. And they actually called them logs. I, I think I wrote down the Japanese word, marudas. Okay. Hmm. So they started with... Um, so that's the term for death row inmates over there? Uh, logs. Hmm. They, they call them logs, but they call them marutas, which is just like a log of wood. So, so they started the dehumanizing process, right? They got a number. They were called marutas. And it started with people that were, that were sentenced to death. And it eventually ended up growing to kidnappings, false employment, and shit like that, where they would put out job postings or recruit. And people would come to work, and then they just never left the facilities, right? <laughs> it's fucked up shit. Like, there, there, was, um, there was a point where a guy was writing about, like, uh, they'd have these prison cells, right? Steel doors, like, you're trying to contain viruses and people that are infected. But they'd have little portholes, mm-hmm. and you could hardly see anything through the porthole. Just, I'm assuming, thick glass and... Whatever, but part of his job was to peep through and, like, take note and just watch. They did a lot of watching people suffer, okay? But one of his things, one of his jobs was to, like, watch, keep an eye on people on his shift or whatever. And um, he was accounting people having, like, bones sticking through their skin, you know, blackened by necrosis. Um, There'd be people, like like pregnant women in one room. There'd be people like um, that were put in a room of non-infected people and then they add one person disinfected. So there'd be rooms where like people are covering their face with like uh, whatever cloth they have, trying to do like primitive measures, uh, sanitation, you know. Um, People just screaming in agony, just fucking crazy shit, dude crazy shit and one of the one of the one of the more fucked up things they did i'm gonna go i'm just gonna list a few experiments they did all right go for it so they did vivisections hmm okay you know what vivisections are not at all (laughs) that's what i was like hmm okay so an autopsy is like uh a form of vivid well dissection but a dissection is when you're dead a vivisection you're alive Right. 
So they'd, they'd, they'd have people injected with uh, syphilis, which is another thing. They would forcibly have a syphilis-infected man rape another man or a woman, right? At gunpoint. Like, his only option was, anybody's only option was to rape or get raped or take the bullet. Guess I'm going to bite the farm. <laughs> Which, exactly. Knowing what I know, dude, you taking that fucking bullet. Fuck this, right? I'm not going to help contribute to somebody else's suffering. You can find somebody else to make them suffer, you know what I mean? You're going to put me out of my misery. I don't know. Anyway, so they do vivisections. Dude, they would replace people's blood with, like, horse blood and seawater. There was an account where they would inject horse urine into kidneys just just to see what the fuck would happen, right? Like, none of this is helping warfare. Right. They're just doing shit. Their idea board is like, do whatever you want. <laughs> For real. As long, as long as you're experimenting where we can use the data, you're recording it. And that's another thing is there's so much footage where they're, like, recording people freezing to death. Just all their experiments are basically recorded, right? And they're grainy but it's recorded it's fucked mm -hmm. up dude i like on video um but they would do pressure experiments right so they just like the people that imploded quote unquote imploded diving down to see the titanic they'd be like i wonder what three miles of water pressure would do to you so they'd put you in this high pressure chamber and just climb the pressure till your fucking eyes popped out blood's coming through the pores in your skin just like fucked up shit um, mummification by drying. They'd lay people on these tables, put them under heat lamps, put hot fans on them with dry air. Making people jerky. Yeah. Legitimately. They'd electrocute people. They'd boil people alive. They'd put them in centrifuges and spin them till death. What the fuck's the point of that? <laughs> you know I mean? G-force. X-rays to death. They'd X-ray them until their radiation levels were fucking beyond recoverable. Um... Well, that backfired a little bit. Oh, yeah. Dude. On them. Yeah. Well, I don't know. All of it's recorded, so it's like they just wanted to see how much radiation someone could take, and that's really the only thing that they had at the time where they could kind of... Because you got to remember, we had the atom bomb, but they didn't, so they couldn't... Well, they didn't know we had it at the time. Right. Well, that's the thing is they didn't even know that technology existed, so they couldn't really subject people the radiation at the rate we could with some plutonium degrading you know and mm -hmm. um but yeah so they'd also do like uh amputations and they would time till death so they'd see how long it took people to bleed out right um yeah just fucked up shit frostbite experiments how long it took you to freeze <clears throat> till death they'd freeze limbs and see if they couldn't bring them back and salvage them so they'd fucking Stick your arm in boiling water. They'd fucking put it in a fire. They'd just put it in cold water to see if they couldn't thaw it and save it. Just <sighs> fucked up shit, dude. Stressing me out. But um, there were accounts where they would take these prisoners, tie them to stakes, and do, like, bayonet practice. They'd do grenade practice. And I'll get to it here in a minute, but that's also how they did some of their... Like, there were... There's an account where they tied people to stakes in, like, this big circle. And they pressurized this vessel with gas gangrene. And they covered their back, like, their vital organs, and their head. They left, like, their legs exposed. And 
the point was for the shrapnel to hit him and not kill him. But to see how effective gas gangrene was at being spread through an explosive. Within like a week, all them fuckers died. You hmm. know what I mean? Well, I'm glad that type of warfare didn't catch on too much. I mean, like... Yeah. And I mean, it's still early in our history, man. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, but yeah, dude, like... Okay. They would do shit like uh, poison wells or poison food sources in a city in Ch- or a town, a village in China. And after like a week or two, they'd go back to the village or like a month. However long they had planned on their fucking... Mm-hmm. In their calendar, dude. <laughs> they'd go back. And like, let's say they infected this town with syphilis. They'd go in. They'd rip people out of their homes or out of the fields. And they would do vivisections in the field. Like, these guys would walk into these towns in their white lab coats and shit, just pull people away from their table while they're eating, drag them a little bit away from their house, and just cut them open on the ground in the field. Just to see what certain viruses or whatever they infected them with did. You know? They wouldn't give them any anesthesia. They did it because they wanted to see, like, the real... Like, in the moment, what shit was doing, how far it spread. Did it get to the vital organs yet? Did it affect the lungs in such a way that it's going to, I don't know, maybe affect how, you know, somebody's stamina in a fight, you know, shit like that. Um, They would bomb villages, right? So they made these. So the fleas, they found the way to breed fleas. And I hope nobody out there gets any crazy idea. I'm actually going to take a sip of this fucking... uh, (laughs) Stressing, dude. They would take these metal containers. I think it was corn husks. And they'd put a bunch of fleas in there. And then they'd put a rat or two in there. And they'd, like, tie the rat down or tape it up or whatever so it couldn't kill the fleas. So it was basically just for the fleas to, fleas to feed on. Just a host, like another parasite. Just a host, dude. And then they would infect this rat, I believe. They infected the rat with whatever d- disease they wanted to spread. Because then the, fees are, the fleas have the blood, right? Then they would transfer them from these containers into bombs. Like whether it's a clay pot bomb or whatever the fuck vessel. And they started doing shit like dropping them on random villages in China. Hmm. And there's still a plague epidemic in that area of China because, like, of this shit. You know what I mean? So, there was, uh... I'm cutting to the chase here, but there was actually... They retired... Or, retired. They surrendered about five weeks, I believe, before they were going to carry out a plan to bomb San Diego with one of those bioweapons. And I I don't know for sure. I don't think it was plague. I think it was prototyphoid. Dang. After all of that, it makes it even wilder because the leader of that whole unit, like the lieutenant general of it, was given immunity by the U.S. Yeah, and that's what I was going to get to, dude, is that shit just, it sickens me. And it, it, there. I'll say it, dude. I'm torn because I don't know if we made the right decision, but I can understand the decision. You know what I mean? Which we'll get into. But I'm I'm glad you uh, 
Yeah. So yeah, they were going to bomb San Diego. So they surrendered like five weeks before they were going to do that, dude. Fucking crazy. Um, yeah, so they... At, at some point, Ishii says... Um, like, dude, I forgot. They would so they would like cut off somebody's arm and sew it to somebody else's leg, right? Just to see if they could fucking do it. Just random shit like that. But anyway, General Ishii, at one point, he says, uh, "You know, we're only we're only experimenting on, you know, we're only experimenting on Asians. How do we know it's going to work against Russians, Americans, Anglo-Saxons, right?" The allies. So, he went to uh, some of the camps where we had surrendered, right? And the Bataan Death March was actually part of this, but um, he pulled, I can't remember exactly how many. I feel like shit now. But he pulled a lot of American POWs. I'm sure the number won't fully be known either, because, like... Oh, yeah, they're going to lie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but he pulled some American POWs, and um, they did experiments on them, dude. And then after the war, some of those POWs that had survived, because, like, none of the Asians survived the original camp, or not even a camp, the unit, right? Um, to the point, like, when they surrendered, they just killed people, right? Um, but somehow a couple of Americans survived, and they, they testified to Congress. And Congress was like, y- you don't say anything. Just shut the fuck up. <laughs> just sh- didn't happen. Probably threatened them with imprisonment and stuff, too. Oh, yeah, dude. Well, then 40 years after all this shit happens, they actually spoke out, like, publicly, and uh, which makes me think there was even, like, a statute of limitations on when they could speak, right? Like a, uh, what do they call those? Uh, fuck. There's a lot of stuff like that, like the SOGS operations were like that. Yeah, fuck yeah, 20, what was it, 25 years, something mm-hmm. like that? Like, what do they call that? A non-disclosure? NDA. NDA, there it is. So, yeah. So, anyway. The U.S. was like, uh, you know, we would like this information. And the Japanese were like, yeah, I'm sure you would. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) And a lot of it was destroyed. Uh, They took like three days to try and get rid of unit 731 but they were built so good that like there's still some buildings that are standing i mean there are virology clinics you know what i mean Mm -hmm. you're not just gonna fucking walk in with a sledgehammer (laughs) hopefully not anyway so they were like uh well you know we'll get the russians involved because they'd actually taken some russians prisoner and russians had died the soviet union at the time they had they had actually died um and never been returned home so the U- U.S. was like, don't let me, listen, don't make me get the Russians involved. They were like, all right, well, listen, we'll tell you what we know. You know, we don't have all the documentation. We'll tell, we, we'll tell you what we remember if you can promise immunity. And they were like, cool, yeah, whatever. We'll make the deal. 
and a lot of them decided to move here because part of the deal was was that we're not going to protect them in their land because they're so close to Russia. You know what I mean? All it's going to take is a Soviet investigation and then pulling these motherfuckers out of school or wherever they're working, you know. So we ended up bringing a lot of them here. Um, a lot of them were teaching in universities and stuff. That would be so wild to just be a college student. You're like, I wonder what's my professor's background here. Yeah. And he, <laughs> Find that stuff out. And he was like uh, one of the doctors at Unit 731, so he's doing like vivisections and shit. Fuck, man. He probably says some creepy stuff like, hey, put your coat on. You don't want to lose a finger. <laughs> it's the exact <laughs> yeah. tempo. <laughs> yeah, he's like, how long is your walk home? Yeah, it's about 15 minutes. He's like, that's all it takes. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you need to thaw anything out, it's going to be about 101.3 degree water you're going to need to put your hand in. Anything more, it'll burn it. Anything <laughs> anything less, it won't work, you know. Fucking ridiculous. But yeah, dude, so they um, they were granted immunity. And um, I think, oh, Mookton. Mookton is where they pulled the POWs from. Hmm. But yeah, so at the end of the war, the Soviets uh, stormed Mukden, and they had some of these doctors and whoever else personnel with them, and they handed them over to the prisoners, and they said, they're yours, you know. The, um, the main general or whatever that was leading the charge said something about, uh, you know, kill them, cut their throats, whatever, it's all the same to me. I can't tell you off the top of my head, but. It was roughly translated to, they're yours, do what you want with them. Well, they decided not to kill these people, right? They were like, if we kill them just because of what they did to us, that doesn't make us any better than them. Which I feel like you still should have fucking roughed them up a little bit. You don't want to kill them because that's the easy way out. You want them to live their life either thinking about what they've done or be able to infect them with something that's going to make their life agony, right? You don't right. want to just kill them. So that's where I'm kind of torn about that, but they chose not to kill them. Um, America, fuck yeah. <laughs> Get in your head. See, like, of all the times <laughs> the government has straight up lied, like, why wouldn't you just take the information and be like, all right, now go to prison? Well, and exactly. Dude, and here's the thing is, like, um, the... Because, like, they've, they've made deals with, like, drug dealers and stuff saying, oh, we'll give you this whatever <laughs> thing, and then you do, we, you, we get the information, you still go to jail. Like, I mean, personally, dude, I feel like a lot of it is because just the way Imperial Japanese citizens and employees, their mindset was, like, for the emperor, you know? 100%. So if, if, if one, one of them finds out that you lied as Americans... They're either going to give you false information or they're going to quit working with you. So the second you send one to prison, none of them say anything. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I think that was more or less the psycho the psychologically or the psychological planning is to get compliance and as much information as possible before they lost it. Um. But yeah, dude, I I don't know if I agree with it. I mean, we got a lot of great information. But the people that, and I mean, another thing is like, the people that suffered, you don't want their sufferers to go to waste because now Japan's 
not going to be, and even the way that they were going to use it wasn't beneficiary. It was, it was as like a, as a deviant, you know, we'll go against the Geneva and we'll fucking fight war our way. And you're not going to be able to fight because we'll infect your entire country. All 300 million of you, of you with black plague and fucking typhoid or whatever we want, you know. I mean, it makes sense from their aspect because they, they probably could see that they can't get to mainland America. Right. And that's the thing is, like, it, if it's isolated by two oceans, you know, it's separated from you, what are the odds that if you do a, a major campaign like bombing the United States with infected fleas that... uh it's going to somehow get back to you if you're not accepting flights or whatever. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It's not It's not coming back. There's an ocean separating you. So it's like, I feel like they literally were, I mean, they weren't doing good work, but I feel like the reasoning they may have gave these people, if any, was that, uh, you know, we're going to help save Japanese lives. Or, hey, we're going to help preserve and rise to superiority where we belong you know we are the superior race we should probably be superior you know so it's fine to bomb these inferior people because they're inferior you know and they did it in in what is now like modern china northeastern china to be exact so like it wasn't even on the mainland island of japan no so like if it went wrong and everything broke out like they're like well it's not our not our island and I think that's kind of why they, they did these studies away from Japan was because... And, dude, like I said, they were bombing villages, like, in China. So it's not like they were worried about an outbreak getting to Japan because... I don't know. I, I just feel like they had this skewed mindset, kind of like the Germans. Like, fuck everybody. It's just us. So then we get that information, and we can actually put it to good use. And I'm not saying the United States is great for doing this and i'm not saying you know if it wasn't for us it wouldn't be put to good use but you know now we know a lot about uh frostbite we know a lot about like but then again we got motherfuckers like fauci funding gain of function clinics over in china so it's like mm-hmm. i don't know dude it's just confusing as hell but that's one of the first things i thought of i was like those motherfuckers they didn't all come back to america so how do we know that on a deathbed or that there wasn't some soviet that ended up do you know doing a covert op and kidnapping a couple of them and extracting information how do we know that china just the way they felt and they still are how do we know that they didn't capture and torture until they got information and now they have the information well, well i mean at that time china wasn't as big of a world stage player like in the 50s right after all that they had their whole civil war over there too so like that's true that's true but at the same time. I could definitely see the Russians doing some stuff like that, though. But at the same time, Russia and China now, you look mm-hmm. at them now. So, I mean, the Soviets, I don't know exactly their relations back then, but you look at them now. It was conflicted. Like, the, the Soviet leader at the time was literally funding both sides of the Chinese Civil War. Like, he was just giving arms to both of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he wanted to see a collapse. <laughs> right. Because then he gets land, you know. He can make mm-hmm. a move and get land because he's not situated in the best location of the world even though he's got the most land you know it's not Mm -hmm. the best land it's just the most but that's the thing is like i don't know i'd have i'd have to go back and see and talk to people but i feel like a lot of that was maybe uh, a strategy for china and russia or soviet to rise is 
will work in cahoots. These fucking Japanese did this to your people, and we have the power to obtain them. I can't believe that they were bombing your villages and kidnapping your people and doing these studies, these atrocities. So I'll help you enact some revenge and gain some information. Like, I don't see why that wouldn't be on the table. Mm-hmm. And then Soviet Russia goes in, captures a couple of these guys, or Soviet Union, they go capture a couple of these guys, they torture mm-hmm. them, they get information, then they share it with China. And then China just puts it away in a fucking file somewhere. And then 50, 60, 70 years later, they're like, hey, remember how they were doing bio-experiments? How did they do them? I'm not saying that COVID was connected to that. Like the viruses, but just the way the experiments were done, the way things were handled. Like, that lab has had several leaks before, right? Mm -hmm. So it's not like they were the most experienced. Like, it just seems to me like they were literally pulling files out of an archive somewhere and being like, all right, here's, here's the instructions, here's the ingredients, here's how to do this, you know? And literally trying it on the fly. I don't know, fucked up. But that's just where my mind went when the COVID shit started. I was like, no. Like, when I saw that guy posting those videos, dude, and I think we talked last time, the video of those people running off the plane, I was just like, no. Right, or, like, the videos of, like, people laying there that are supposed to be, like, dead or whatever with the tarps over top, and you see, like, someone's arm moving shit, you're like, come on, Yeah, come yeah on. right, come on. <laughs> like, and that's the other thing, dude. Like, the propaganda is so strong. Like when uh, when Soviets, because the Soviets did end up end up holding a lot of them on trial, mm-hmm. and I think it was two years to twenty five years was the sentences dished out in the gulags. But they called us out. They were like, you know, these Americans are fucking harboring these individuals who've committed crimes against humanity, and we were like. Fake news, you know what I mean? And then America fucking believe it. They even, um, I th- you'd have to look this up. But there was a thing in the New York Times. Was it General MacArthur? He, uh, one of the generals at the time had posted a thing, or there was an article posted about him saying that we didn't ever have any prisoners of war abducted by the Japanese or entered in, not abducted by the Japanese, but entered into... Um, the Unit 731 experiments or anything like that. Like, we didn't have any personnel that were taken and experimented on. Which I think was later proven to be false, too. Yeah, dude, like a lot <laughs> of the sure. shit they fucking say, dude. Mm-hmm. Which is the only, that's the biggest issue I have with the aliens. It's like, they're saying it's real. Now that they're saying it's real, I almost want to fucking pivot and be like, I don't believe it. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, Why? Why? Like, what are you, you're planting seeds. Right, like, what narrative are you trying to push? And they're not even trying to convince us, I don't think. If anything, they're trying to convince our kids. Like, they're not going to remember us saying this shit. They're not going to remember it coming out, but it'll be part of their life. So when they're 25, it'll have been around 28 years. That All they will have known is that we're saying aliens exist. You know? Mm-hmm. A subtle ideological subversion. Yeah. And then two generations from now is when they might actually release the technology. Because we know, dude, they they hold on to that shit forever before they release anything. It's not like it's not like the moment they have a technology, they, they let the world know. 
Mm -hmm. Like Operation Paperclip, which is similar to this, just with Nazi scientists, the stuff with the Japanese, Unit 731, that was an agreement, not an operation. So right. But, like, they didn't release that stuff to like, the 90s, right. like, early 2000s. Right, and that was about this time frame. You know what I mean? 40s, 50s, <clears throat> and 60s. So it's, like, 50 years later, they're like, oh, <laughs> Hey, by the way, like, why aren't they releasing the JFK shit? Right. Like, now everyone that would actually be mad enough to do something about it is too old and in a nursing home. Now we'll release it because, you know, it don't matter anymore. Type thing. Yeah, the anger has faded over the generations. Mm-hmm. Like, your grandpa, he might remember it. He might be upset. Hell, you might be upset that something happened to your grandpa. But are you going to be as upset as he is? Like there's, or who are you gonna hold accountable? Someone who's already out of that position of power, or dead? Right. Like there's the whole degradation <laughs> thing through the generations. You know, it just degrades. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why history to me is like extremely important. One to do your fact checking, but two to know your history because like, if you believe something that's false, not only do you waste time of your life believing something that's false, but like, you alter views. Right, your view is altered, and then just the way you view the world is altered. Your perception is your reality. Yeah, and your daily interactions interactions can be altered because now you're believing something that is false. And, I mean, right down to a relationship. Somebody can be giving you evidence, telling you that, hey, this is false, and you just don't talk to that person because they're an idiot in your eyes. And then, like we were talking earlier with the COVID shit, dude, telling us at work, hey, you got to... When you're outside, you got to smoke six feet apart. You can't be standing in a close circle outside. Why? Like, my smoke is blowing into his face. When you look inside, they're, like, chilling around a table eating chips and shit. Yeah, dude, <laughs> yeah, but as long as you have a drink in your hand and chips in your hand, you're good. You know, we'll put this plastic divider up. But that smoke blowing in your face is fine as long as you're six feet one inch apart. It's like, okay, dude. Is but then now this information comes out that if you're outside, it's less likely that you're going to get, you know, I don't know, man. It's definitely interesting to see the amount of people that would either A, think for themselves, or B, just do whatever they're told based off the information provided at that time period. Where, like, the mask thing, certain masks were proven to be completely ineffective. Which no, you can tell most. if you've ever done drywall. <laughs> like, there's drywall dust all up in your mask. Like, that's the best way to find out. Oh, dude, yeah, in your throat? Mm-hmm. Like, for a week, you're coughing out fucking drywall boogers. Mm-hmm. You're like, hmm. But then this little flopsy medical mask is supposed to prevent, you know, any type of disease. Where anyone trained in, like, Seber and stuff, chemical, biological, weapon type stuff, mm-hmm. is going to know, like, that ain't going to fucking work. <laughs> yeah, that's not. <laughs> right. That doesn't hold up. <laughs> Yeah, duct tape on our hazmat suit. What happens if we rip? Don't rip. You know what I mean? It's like, okay, okay. going in. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, dude, we just, but that's the thing is I think it's just easier to follow than think for yourself. Like, it gets, it gets stressful and it builds anxiety and a lot of people can't handle, I don't know. Hmm, how do I want to word it? There's everybody has a line, a level with their anxiety and stress, right? That they like, can handle. For sure. I feel like people are like a bottle. Like every person's bottle is different size, but they can only hold so much stress before they explode. Okay. That's a good way to think about it. What I was what I was gonna say is like um 
everybody's got their level, right? Mm-hmm. And they know their level. Just like a lot of people know their budget. If they get a $3 raise, their budget changes, they're still broke, right? Because now they can ball out or they get an extra bill or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. And it comes to a point where it's like, I know my, let's say your level is five. I'm going to fill my life with four and a half. And then the second something happens, whether it's like um, an unseen expense or something that happens in the news that is tied to you or... You walk outside and there's smoke everywhere from a wildfire. Right. You walk <laughs> outside, there's smoke everywhere. Um, you leave a minute early for work and you still end up two minutes late because... God forbid there's three semi-trucks in front of you, and that's just, they fill themselves up almost to that line. They're like, this is good. You know, I can handle all this. But mm-hmm. then the second something happens, they fuck, it goes over that line, they lose their shit. And I think that's what a lot of it is, just like you said, with the bottle. They can only take so much in doing research, trying to find the truth, is a lot more stressful than just listening to somebody say something and believing it because the second you start seeing both sides then you're like fuck man this filter is too big i gotta go to a finer filter then i gotta start looking at these little details like that doesn't make sense that's contradictory that's still 55 45 you know what i mean like which side am i gonna okay well this article makes it fucking 51 49 like and some people can't even have the critical thought enough to even read it past the headline of the article yeah yeah (laughs) They'll be like, oh, I know this because I seen it on Facebook scrolling past it. Or to research sources. Like, that's, oh, another, th- that's another thing. Like, check the credibility of the source. You you know what I mean? Like, My do, favorite thing is to follow the funding. The funding, dude? The funding, too. Like, follow the money. Because money talks. Mm-hmm. And even though you may not be able to decipher it, because to a lot of people it's a foreign language, you know the gist of what money is in the conversation. It gets you to think whatever the fuck. You know what I mean? So if you follow, like you said, you follow the money, well, now I don't really care what this guy's saying because he's just a mouth. Let me follow the money to the fucking organization that's funding him and see what they think. Like that gain of research funding when you when they asked Nancy Pelosi on the stand, like, hey, what about your stocks and stuff in that? Then she's like, moves the microphone over. No, 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 no. no, no, no. no. We're, not, we're not talking about that. We're not, <laughs> right. I'm, not, I'm not doing this. Bitch, right. yeah, you are. That's like giving it away right there. <laughs> like, how more obvious could you be? <laughs> Look, it's hot. It's really hot. I don't want to do... Th- <laughs> Bitch, you're in fucking air conditioning. Well, not only that, but you're a public <laughs> servant. You're part of the government who works for the people and supposed to represent your constituents. That's that's the issue, though. It's like, we work for her. We work for them. It's backwards. <laughs> backwards as fuck, dude. Like, exactly. Like, officers. We went to uh, the car show in St. Ignace this last weekend. There are cops on the road everywhere because mm-hmm. guys got badass muscle cars, right? Fucking supercars, muscle cars, <laughs> You know why cars. I pulled you over? Because I let you. Yeah, yeah, exactly, <laughs> dude. And that's the thing is, like, we're watching people leave. Car show ended Saturday at, like, 4, I believe. So mm-hmm. we just got a nice spot at the one of the intersections at the top of the hill. People are leaving. And, like, we're walking up the hill and people are already leaving. They're going past us, like, while, while we're walking and stuff. And these cars are just fucking sick, dude. So, anyway, we're, like, 100 yards from the top of the hill and we hear a car just fucking lay into it. I'm like, damn, I wanted to see that. It's probably a Corvette. You know, it sounded fucking immaculate. Well, then, right after that, 
<laughs> I was like, fuck, dude. Like, we got to get up there. Well, we get up there, we sit down, a couple of cars do it. Kids are loving it. Well, Leon didn't really care. He was watching his phone. His phone. But anyway, a couple Camaros go off, right? Old Camaros, new Camaros, loud as fuck. But then a cop shows up, and everybody that's sitting there watching is like, oh, <laughs> right? And dude, just the way he got out of the car, like hot shit. Walks to the intersection with his fucking jacket like he's going to fucking help control traffic. And he's just staying there being a douche. Like maybe 10 cars leave and he just runs back to his car. Goes to pull out and run somebody down. Gone. (laughs) So he's like, alright, let me just turn my car around so I can get in it quicker. It's like, dude, why are you going to ruin people's fun? You know what I mean? And then I started thinking about it. I was talking to Babe. I'm like, he's just jealous that he works and he doesn't have one of these fucking cars. Right. Like, his badass car is his work car. You don't even own it. Yeah, and he, <laughs> he doesn't own it. You know what I mean? He's not here for fun. He's here for work. And he's probably looking at this as uh opportunity to make more money. You he's know? just mad he can't get zero to 60 in under six seconds. Right. Well, not just that, but he's probably thinking like, hey, you know, if I can get seven, eight tickets today, I don't got to work this next week. I can take my time. Probably, and they'll take your whole license for reckless driving. <laughs> yeah. Just to be a douchebag. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, but he's... That's when you got to use discretion. Like, you know, okay, maybe talk to some of these guys, stand, tell them to roll down their window before they take off and be like, don't be fucking drifting because there's people lined up along the road. If you're going to launch, launch. But I got a guy sitting a mile down there. Don't let him catch you doing fucking 70. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like you got a mile. Go ahead and fucking show these people what your car can do. That's what you built it for. That's why it's here. But just within this mile. You know what I mean? Don't just be like, all right, fucking, like there was a dude that rolled coal. Mm-hmm. He hopped in his truck <laughs> or in his car. I'm like, here he goes, dude. And then he comes back like two minutes later because he couldn't catch him. I'm like, dude, <laughs> that, that's just a chip diesel. And he's rolling coal. How could you not find him? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, just so shitty at your job. That's the thing, dude, public servant. Like, your job isn't to fucking ruin people's fun. Like, it's to serve the people. So if you're worried about my safety, the kids' safety, the wife's safety, the other spectator's safety, you say something to them. Just don't get crazy. Don't be drifting out of here. Just launch it. That's it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, other than that, just be glad that you're on duty and you're getting paid to fucking watch badass cars take off. Right. And then for the next four hours. Build with the community together. Yes. Instead of just making more division. You're not our dad, dude. You're you're actually our bitch. You're our maid. Like, your job isn't just to pull me over. It's if there's a stabbing or something, to go to that. If there's an old lady that falls down and she can't get up, it's to go to that. Like Truth, if, They say protect and serve, but they won't even help you jump your car. No, dude, that's, <laughs> that's what I mean. Like, th- there's a lot of places that don't even, if you lock your keys in your car, you can't call the cops out anymore because they don't do that anymore. It's like, you're, well, you're a servant. So what? Like, now I got to pay a locksmith to come out and do it? Why, dude? You're here, but you're going to stand here while he does it and be like, yeah, I remember when I used to be able to (laughs) That's not helping. You're not serving the situation at all. Right. You know? But yeah, then the next four hours, they were just up and down the fucking strip, so nobody could fucking do any burnouts or anything. I mean, they still were. But we watched, like, ten of them run people down. It's like, why, dude? (laughs) Why? You know what they're here for. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, there's thousands of people lined up on the road. 
Well, they're getting that revenue. Just mm-hmm. let them do their burnouts. Like, there's kids fucking holding up signs and shit, people squirting water on the road, <laughs> and then there's a cop That's sitting right there. And there would still be people that would just chirp them. But. What gets me is people argue, oh, it's for public safety and stuff. But then it's like you look over at Europe and their police cars are really well marked. You can see them clearly identify that's emergency service, you know. But then our cops, it's an all black hidden car yeah. parked underneath the tree, hidden back. And it's like. No reflection. Camouflage is for hunting. That's for predators. Yeah. Like. That that doesn't make sense. If you're supposed to protect and serve, why are you entrapping us and stuff like that? For real. Like ha- driving around a minivan with undercover lights and shit. Like, the fuck? And they, they don't have reflective paint on a lot of their vehicles anymore, like the sheriffs. Right, and what if it actually is an emergency and you're like, oh, is that a cop or not? I can't tell. It's all black, you know? Right. Not all emergencies come by phone. Like, a lot of times, somebody has something going on, they flee, they're looking for a cop. Mm-hmm. Like you said, dude, be be visible. Be, like, if you're going to be in a speed trap, somebody comes up over it, be strategic, be on the backside of a hill, be in a blind spot. Right. Like, somebody comes up over the hill, they're speeding, you got them. Why do you need to be sneaky? Why do we even need a speed limit in the first place? Like, we didn't always have a speed limit. No. Well, did, when we first got an interstate, like, across the whole U.S., there was a national speed limit, and, like, there was a bunch of people that protested it by driving from New York to L.A. in, like, under a certain time. They went, like, 100 the entire fucking way. That's a really cool... I don't remember what it's called, but it's a thing you can look up. <clears throat> well, that's the thing, dude. It's like, again, people, they... When they campaign, they play to your heart. They say, well, what if your kid's bouncing a ball by the road and somebody loses control? Then maybe you should be a a more involved parent and be like, hey, here's the dangers of this. This is the freedom you can exercise when you get to this age. Just be aware of the dangers you have now at this age or this stage in your life. Like, Mm -hmm. you can't, you know what I mean? You can't just be like, all right, I'm going to take away this ability. Just like, what happens if there's a mass shooting locally and then every single cop is on scene? Are we just going to quit responding to fucking... Other issues like car accidents, heart attacks, you know what I mean? Like, there's... And in some cases, to not even go in and do anything. Right. To Right. To secure the perimeter. Who <laughs> else is going to come in? Mm-hmm. Like, nobody's going to fucking come in and help the shooter. Like, you're securing it from fathers that, like, let's say it's a school shooting. You're securing it from fathers that want to go save their kid. You're securing it from mothers that are going to run in there. Maybe potentially get shot, right? But also potentially do more harm to the school or the students or the perp, right? But there's only so much control you can exude. Like, in an emotional situation like a school shooting, yeah, you're going to have parents and shit. And I can understand, like, the need to be able to hold them back and and explain, like, hey, listen, if you're going to go in there, all we know is there's a guy with a gun. Explain the risk. If you end up getting shot because you're a guy with a gun in that school, that's on you. Do you accept that risk? Yes, sir, I do. Boom. You let him in there. Little did did you know he's a Green Beret, right? And not only is he neutralizing the threat, he's getting kids out of the school, right? He comes out with his hands on his head. You're not going to shoot him. And then you have all these testimony of these students or teachers that say, hey, yeah, that guy came in my classroom and shot the shooter. Like... Or got his daughter out, or whatever the fuck, you know what I mean? But we don't rely on each other anymore. We, Too many people rely on the public servants to help, but they're our fucking parents, 
You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Ridiculous. But yeah, dude, this uh, this AI thing, I'm excited to dig into these <laughs> a little bit, man. For sure, for sure. Sorry to rant. No, you're good. It's definitely <laughs> a good conversation. It's interesting for stuff like that because it's like you would think if you sign up for a job that that's literally in the in the job description to protect the public, so that you you stand between the public and the threat, like, and you take an oath, right, to support the Constitution, even though there's certain unconstitutional laws, like yeah, that that's like victimless crimes that you enforce, but that doesn't do no nothing but hurt the person you're arresting. That's what I'm saying, dude. Like that cop that was just acting hot shit at the top of the hill this last weekend. Like, what? Like what? How are you serving? The public, like, if you're really worried about it, you set up cones, you set up a perimeter, and you don't let people pass this line. Or just get a fancy camera and just take a picture of a license plate. That too, but if I'm, it's I'm, a legal car, like, <laughs> well, I'm just saying, like, if you're worried about people doing drifts and hitting civilians, you put a line. You say, "Don't cross this line." You cross this line, you get hit. Mm-hmm. Like, there's nothing we can do because you crossed a barrier, a protection barrier. You know. Mm-hmm. It's not like there's not the money to do that. It's not like there's not the foresight. Like, they know it's going to be there every year. Put a barrier up. Say you want to watch these cars fucking launch and do their muscle car shit? Mm-hmm. Be behind this line. If you want to be up on the edge of the road taking sweet-ass pics as they're doing burnouts past you, you accept the risk. I'm just here to tell you that because I am your public servant. There's many videos online that'll show you the outcome of that. Yeah, dude. <laughs> people stand in my rally car races, car comes up over a hill, endos, fucking takes out like 60 people. Some of them car meets in Detroit where they're just doing donuts in the intersection, people are videotaping it, someone gets a little too close. Yeah. <laughs> they get that back quarter panel. <laughs> dude, you ever seen that one where it's the U-Haul truck and the guy's doing donuts? He's like, for 1995, you can rent this motherfucker. <laughs> no. <laughs> That was the fucking best. (laughs) For 20 bucks, this bitch could be yours for the afternoon. Yeah, that is is legit. I wouldn't mind going to one of those fucking supercar tracks. Yeah, that'd be pretty gnarly. Just to drive like a Lambo for an hour, no speed limit. You just fucking, whatever you're comfortable with. I feel like one sneeze and you're doing a donut. Like, Dude, I don't even think it'd take a sneeze. I think if you're wearing the wrong shoes. <laughs> I mean, I do have a lead foot. Yeah, dude. I mean, some of those rear-engine cars are just fucking... Uh, I saw so many badass vets this weekend. Like, I love Corvettes, dude. And, like, the new vets I love. Mm-hmm. I love the old vets. The 90s vets are, eh. But, like, the Stingrays, fucking 50s, 60s. Even the new Stingrays are just fucking... I drool over them, dude. I'm like, fuck. <laughs> what have I got to do to get one? I'll start a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, but if, yeah, that would be my uh, dream car. It was awesome. It Hell was fun. yeah. We're but... going to take a little little intermission break, <clears throat> go to the bathroom, refill our drinks. Yeah, absolutely. We'll be right back. All right. We are back. It was a nice little piss. <laughs> Some chips. I made myself a sunrise. It looks pretty trippy. Like all yellow on top, and then like all red on the bottom. If I wouldn't have went with uh, simply orange, it would have that grenadine would be down here. And then it would be a nice fade to orange. But the simply's got a lot of pulp in it. Mm-hmm. I don't get the no pulp. Ain't no bitch. So I got a question for the audience. What what's the difference between a conspiracy theory and the truth? 
I mean, usually about six months. <laughs> I mean, these days. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. <laughs> and honestly, as the technology advances, it seems like it gets harder to hide them. Mm-hmm. Sooner it's going to be five months. Well, I bet when, like, a bunch of the stuff we're about to talk about was happening, mainly partaking stuff in the 60s, mm-hmm. like, they didn't have the internet. They didn't think this would be a thing. That's true. <laughs> Not just that, but how, where, cite your sources. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You cite your sources, and it's, like, so easy to discredit, or it, all it takes is one person that's going to be, like, the plug and the flow of information, and mm-hmm. everybody just gets, you know, like the JFK shit, dude. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, on that same note, JFK stuff, there's a lot of stuff that goes along with the MKUltra stuff where they try to use brainwashing techniques to get people to do certain things like assassinations in third world countries, mm-hmm. like in the Contra Wars and stuff. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of stuff that goes back to Charles, Man- Charles Manson, who was part of the MKUltra like, stuff that is connected to Lee Harvey Oswald or whatever, mm-hmm. saying that he might have been influenced through the MKUltra plan to hear voices in his head and do certain things like the assassination of a president. Yeah. And I mean, there's a lot of credibility to it too, because there's accounts of him getting arrested, going to jail, and then being told that, um, he's with the government Mm -hmm. and then just being let go. Like this is above your pay grade. Mm -hmm. Let him go. Okay. Or like how JFK's brain just straight up disappeared. Mm-hmm. Or the magic bullet. Like, anyone who's shot guns before, and, like, you go down the range, kind of mess around the sand, you can find your bullet, see it all spit up, chewed up like a piece of gum, mm-hmm. and it's like a perfect bullet. Like, on the gurney. Just right. happened to be on the gurney. It was missed by everybody. Right. But then what's-his-name walks in and sees it on the gurney? He's like, look what I found. Yeah. Which, <laughs> to me, that just sounds like somebody was like, hey, here's what's going to happen. It's going to be in it. Probably didn't even tell him, but it's going to be an elaborate cover-up. Your part is to just say you found this bullet on the gurney. Mm-hmm. Which sounds a lot like the government, because a lot of their projects, they do very compartmentalized, like only in the need-to-know mm-hmm. basis. So you're just doing this weird test. They're like, yeah, just pick up this bullet we're going to give you here. Yeah, and just <laughs> tell us where you found it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> say it closer to the mic, sir. M- mic in your face, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like uh, Jack Ruby. Like you think he just ran up and <laughs> shot Lee Harvey because of what he did to the president? What Lee Harvey did to the president? Right. More like tying up a loose end, it seems like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Come on. When was the last time that happened? Somebody got assassinated, especially a president, and then... Uh, Abraham Lincoln will probably be the last... I mean... Well, I don't... I, yeah, I guess... I didn't mean just president, but like... Tupac, right? Tupac got assassinated. Suge's walking around. I feel like Tupac had a lot harder fans and a lot more passionate fans than... I mean, don't get me wrong, Kennedy had a big following, right? But Mm -hmm. I feel like Tupac fans are probably a little more impulsive. Mm -hmm. And why wasn't Suge shot at every fucking club he went to? Every time he got out of a car, wasn't shot, stabbed, fucking ran off the road. Like, Well, I mean, one thing, he he definitely had people with him that are armed up, too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but you don't think that, like, Jack Ruby took that into account when he ran up on Lee Harvey? Like, his... Like, the people that were guarding him were probably armed. Mm. There were probably people around that were armed because he was going to be on trial for assassinating the president. Unless they weren't armed, in which case that's even more suspicious. Right. <laughs> like, what's his name shot? Um, 
Um, I got Reagan. Oh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. I don't remember what his name was, but... There was actually a funny moment in one of Reagan's speeches where, like, a balloon popped, and he thought someone, like, shot at him. Yeah. He, like, chuckles. He's like, ah, you missed me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, which just, everybody went crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Stupid. <laughs> anyway, what do we got, Jeff? Well, for the CIA, there's so many wild things, and what people don't realize is that, like, it is a three-letter le- three agency like a bunch of the other law enforcement agencies, mm-hmm. but it's not a law enforcement agency, so it doesn't have to uphold certain laws that, like... Police agencies or FBI and stuff does. And they have jurisdiction to operate outside of the constitutional laws of the U.S. And outside the U.S. Exactly. And they've been caught up in running their whole, like, a whole war on their own and funding it through other means, like the Contra Wars in South America. By selling drugs and weapons. Exactly. (laughs) Literally. And that's, like, a lot of easily findable documents. That's just, like people know about and people are like oh no this the government would never lead us astray not like there's operation mockingbird you can look that up by the way on the cia's official website operation Operation. mockingbird yep which is operation mockingbird involved the cia's influence over various media organizations journalists and editors um their objective was to share public opinion shape public opinion and manipulate information in favor of the u.s government's interest where the full extent of, oper- of the operation remains contested, and a lot of documents are still classified, and the ones that are declassified are all like half of it's redacted, half of it's not, so you can't yeah. really tell what is or what isn't. And it's really weird because nowadays you can see videos on YouTube of like, it'll show a screen, and it'll have like one nudes person, right? And they're saying a speech, and then it, it pops up to the whole screen's filled with like 10 rows of nudes people saying all the same script. And it's like, we're gonna find that video. Yeah. We're going to find that video and Here, play it. Pause that real quick. We'll pull it up. Okay. All right. We found it. Playing now. San Antonio's Jessica Headley. And I'm Ryan Wolf. Our, our greatest, greatest responsibility, responsibility is to, to serve, serve our, our Treasure Valley communities. The El Paso Las Cruces communities. Eastern Iowa communities. Mid-Michigan communities. We are extremely proud of the quality, balanced journalism that CBS 4 News produces. Plaguing our country. The sharing of biased and false news has become all too common on social media. More alarming, some media outlets publish the same fake stories without checking facts first. The sharing of biased and false, false news has, has become, become all too common, common on, on social, social media. media. More alarming, this is extremely dangerous to our democracy. 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 See, and it's like, the reason why we played this is because Operation Mockingbird was initiated in the 1950s, and people were like, oh, that's just stuff that happened back then. 
when the stuff's still happening today, and if it's not, then what was that? It's not like they're trying to push a narrative like, oh, no, not that's not going on over here. We'll tell you even. And, dude, here's the thing. It's like, uh, I know you alluded to it earlier back in the 50s. He didn't have the internet, okay? But there was still news film. And in, in order for somebody to do that work, there were local stations, like three stations. In order for somebody to do the work to compile that, because it could have been done, for sure, they would have had to travel the country to grab reels, make copies, and then clip all these reels together, play all the reels first off to find all the similarities, make the clippings, and then make a compilation video. Would have taken years. Mm-hmm. Now we can literally get on Direct TV or wherever. We can get on our VPN, say we're in San Antonio, and watch the local news. Like, it's that simple now. And like you said, they never saw this shit coming. They never saw it coming. Another thing they didn't see coming is our clarity, right? Mm-hmm. And why is there still a handful of major news networks when there's a large community of independent journalists and all these other motherfuckers that are out there doing the work? My feeling is it's because the second an independent journalist starts to push a certain direction, they get their break. They get to be brought on to these major news networks where part of their contract, kind of like Tucker Carlson, is Mm -hmm. to... Read the script. It's not to do your investigative journalism. It's not to give your spin. And somebody like Tucker probably is allowed a little bit of wiggle room because that's what makes it seem like he's being a free speaker. He's even admitted to just playing the character. Yeah, exactly. But now you've got major news networks that are fucking extremely funded conglomerates. they got a lot of money to back them. And there's real, they're a monopoly. There's no real way into that industry to be a competitor of CNN. You can start your own YouTube channel, but what views do you get? You know what I mean? What, what power do you have when you're not taking funding from the pharmaceutical companies? Mm-hmm. You know, they're not going to help push your show. They're not going to help you. If anything, they're going to do that. And you see the dis- commercials, and who gets to pay for that little slot? Right. <laughs> and that's the thing is they're going to push those major networks to discredit you. You're going to be in their script as, okay, look at this guy over here. This is what he says is true, but here's actual footage or here's actual whatever of why it's not true. Then they'll show you something like people lined up outside a hospital because they can't get in for their COVID test in July, but they're all wearing winter coats. Right. (laughs) Like they show you the shit right there, but most people just say, oh, there's people in a line. They said there's people in a line. It's true. The details. Mm-hmm. July, how come they're in parkas? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, ridiculous, man. It's definitely different to see. It's like, scary to see, dude. Yeah, because like you'll see events and stuff on TV, and then you go to that exact place in person, and you're like, that is not what's going on here. Like the camera, your perspective that you're seeing is one little square, and they'll make it look like a bunch of people, and there's like 10 people just standing together in this one little box, you know. And you look at the full picture of the reality of the situation, and it's a whole different narrative and actual, like, it's, it's different from the perspective that they're pushing. It's like, why yeah. would they want to push certain ideals or ideas at you? What would they get out of that? Who would benefit from that and who would lose from that? And we know about green screen technology. Who says they don't use that? Look at the look at CGI. Look at the advancements in that. Look at AI. Like, it's going to be so much harder to discern the truth now. We've really got to count on each other as far as, like, the networking to be like, hey, 
what did they say on the news this, you know, tonight? You got to call your buddy in fucking wherever and say, what happened? Can you read a little bit of the script? Or can you TiVo it? And I'll send you my local news TiVo that covers the exact same fucking topic. And then see what the similarities are. If it's not fucking verbatim. Like, that shit's just so blatant. Mm-hmm. Like, being verbatim like that is just in every corner. Like, you even heard on there, Michigan. You know, mm-hmm. well, they like, can use your VPN to see where you're on the internet at, and they can cover a whole area by by pushing them a certain narrative. So everyone in that area is going to think the same thing based off the information they're given, not the information they look into themselves. Mm-hmm. Which is why independent research is so important on your own. Just to fact check stuff you're reading, or like yeah, not dude, just read yeah. the headlines. You know? Yeah, yeah. You got to read deeper than the headlines. It's just so skewed, man. Because again, like you said, VPNs. Or uh, they can look at your shit. Well, if you do a VPN, you're going to notice that. You're going to notice you're getting ads for these certain areas. And why is data so valuable? They say, oh, because of marketing. How many times does anybody buy anything that's given to them because of what they've Googled? Hardly anybody. Mm-hmm. I've talked to a lot of people that haven't bought shit because of that. You know what I mean? Right, like if I see a YouTube ad that I can't skip and shit, it's like, I am 100% not going to buy this product just because it's being pushed down my throat. Well, even if they see that you're looking at, like, um, a certain type of sock or something, and then they start showing that to your girlfriend, or you they you start seeing those as curated ads, most people aren't more likely to buy that. If they would have already bought it, you know, or they bought a competing, or a competitor product while they were doing their research, you know, they maybe they didn't have the money at the time and they already plan on buying it. There are those people, but just because you see the ad doesn't mean you buy it. But I think the data thing is like the marketing is a facade. They're like, oh, you know, marketers, that's why your data is so valuable. But what about your location data? What about all this other shit where... I think some of it is to keep people complacent exactly. and distracted so they can't look into the shit like what we're trying to show you some of here. That's what I was getting to, dude. It's like if they see that I'm buying fucking gun parts, they're like, all right, we'll put this guy in a little bit different folder. Mm-hmm. If they see somebody over here is like digging into the Kardashians, they're like, okay, yeah, here's what we're going to curate. Hope line and sinker. Exactly. Here's <laughs> how we're going to curate this person to distract them, and here's how we're going to watch this person. Or here's how we're going to curate things that's going to fire this person over here that's buying gun parts up so that he's not looking into this on the left side, but he's looking into this on the right side. Or, again, with the Kardashian thing, maybe this person, you can just throw whatever at them and they're going to believe and repeat and they're actually going to advertise what you want to dissent to the public. Mm. Hey, have you seen this thing? Have you seen that thing? Because maybe they're gossipy, you know? Maybe they have that data because you've had a phone since... 2010, so they've got 13 years of fucking data on you. They're like, all right. If you want to see some wild data stuff, if you get a UV light or, like, night vision camera and look at an iPhone, it flashes every five seconds and takes a picture of your face. What? (laughs) For real. Like, there's videos online you can see of it. You can test it yourself. Damn. It's a UV light flash every five seconds. So you can't, they're using that information It's going somewhere. Where? Right, and to to what would they benefit from having that? And if you cover it, it bl- blinks really, really flat, fast, and like like it's brighter. It's like if you look at security cameras, you can see someone's iPhone because it flashes. No shit. Mm-hmm. There's a reason why like Mark Zuckerberg and stuff has a little camera covered and microphone covered on his stuff. Yeah, 
know something we don't. But he's also talking to these data companies because he's gathering data and selling. I mean, he's part of the fucking the cup that's being dipped into the data pool. Like, mm-hmm. he is the cup, and there's a company that's holding the cup or that wants the fucking drink, and he's like, well, if you don't, you know. Like the TikTok thing, everyone's like, oh, it's not a big deal that we're just giving data away yeah. to some, <laughs> some third-party places going to China. <clears throat> and it's like any company owned that operates out of China is owned and operated by the CCP because that's how communism works. They have the yeah. government's interest in mind first before a business. Unlike capitalism, where the guy wants to make the most money, does things to make the most money. Yeah. And that's the fear I have is people fucking, they're so reliant on China that they're not willing to open up and be like, well, this is bad. Yeah, these, they are treating their people bad. And every time I buy a product that's made in China, I help that because now I'm creating a demand that's going to keep these people enslaved. And here's a question I have for you. I know we're getting off topic, but. Why do you think that we're trying to be the world's bully, the military power, instead of showing the world that we're the economic, the monetary power? Like American China's primacy. Own. That's what? like an actual like government term that they use. Like America has to be number one economically, militarily, and like a bunch of different levels. In order for America's interest to be upheld, that's the, how they put it. But we're not economically. Look at how China is showing a superior superiority in the ac- economic fucking... Because we're weak, and it's very <clears throat> clear that they know that by the actions that the foreign governments are doing. Like, you, Russia only took a small bit of Crimea when it was a democratic office, when Biden was the vice president and Obama was the president. So they didn't think much would happen. And Trump, they didn't do nothing. They're like, no, I'm good on that. Yeah. And then Biden's in office as a full president and also has a lot of connections to Ukraine with the sun and everything, then they're like, all right, green light, good to go. And they do have history of, you know, the way he's going to react or interact based on his vice presidency because you know they got people on the inside or they get, you know they got his phone fucking, they're collecting data from him. So they're like, all right, so these emails. Well, and on top of that, he doesn't seem cognitively developed enough to formulate <laughs> can hear coherent sentences of his own thoughts, not just reading the screen or reading the note card, which he's been... You know, many, many times shown to do so. The same as those fucking, that video we just played. Mm-hmm. Just read the script, sir. Read the prompter. <laughs> yep, read the prompter. Do you want orange or green letters? Mm-hmm. You know what? You know, I usually do green. Let's do orange. Let's do orange. <laughs> it's like, that, there's your freedom right. to choose what color words you read. You know what I mean? And it's like, who puts together the scripts and who approves CIA? them? CIA. Right, exactly. But no, they wouldn't do that. No. I, I'm, I'm, I'm just kidding, CIA. Please don't have vans parked out across my fucking... <laughs> just like everyone think, thinks, nah, the CIA, they wouldn't overthrow governments. Like Operation Ajax, where in 1953, the CIA or- orchestrated a whole coup d'etat in Iran to overthrow the Prime Minister Mohammed... I can't pronounce the last name, but Operation Ajax, you can look it up and it'll verify that. Yeah, the old coup d'etat there, dude. Mm-hmm. The old fucking whoop de doo Whoop, whoop, whoop. Yeah, dude, there's some... There's some sketchy shit going on with our fucking government, dude. I think one of the most wildest things is Operation Northwoods, which, like, no one... Re- like, if you tell someone, hey, this one time, the U.S. government was planning attacks to 
like a false flag terrorist attack on the U.S. soil to blame it on Cuba, saying it was a pretext for military intervention to go into Cuba, and Kennedy rejected it. Like, if you tell someone that, like, I'm like, nah, that, the government would never suggest doing a false flag attack that's all fake to get us into go to, into a war, kind of like the Gulf of Tonkin incident, which was proven to be false by the Army Security Agency, ASA operations. <laughs> They're not going to fly planes <laughs> into our own towers. Right. Why would we fly our own commercial planes and kill our own civilians in one of our fucking, the, one of the, the central fucking buildings that manages capitalism? And then in go the into country. Iraq for WMDs and then Afghanistan right after, all on the same premise. And not even have WMDs when we get there. Let's not even focus on that. Why would we fly our own planes? Why would we have an airplane strike the Pentagon but have no fucking airplane at the Pentagon? And then have people say there were missiles, but then immediately following all the fucking CCT or CCTV footage from across the street and at any side of the Pentagon that was looking at the side that got hit just comes up missing that video is confiscated and the exact part that it got hit is where the exact documents of the day before they were supposed to release and explain where trillions and trillions of dollars went but poof yeah sorry that got blown up that was gone plane crash by a plane that just happened to melt into the grass right by a pilot who had no no like training to be a pilot before but he did a really fancy turn and landed perfectly in that one exact spot. Yeah, it doesn't. That no one got on camera. Yeah, I mean, that doesn't sound like something we would do. Right. Now, come to your own conclusions, guys. But why would we ever hide that Lee Harvey Oswald wasn't alone when he shot fucking. Come on, dude. He was alone. They're not going to lie to us. They're not going to lie to us. Jack Ruby. Why? He, he did what every American citizen wanted to do. Let's kill Lee Harvey. Like, what do you mean that they would fucking stage some sort of terrorist act on our land? Right, and it's not like there was whole operations in mind control, a.k.a. MKUltra, where they, in the 1950s, and all the way from the 1950s to the 1970s, they did mind control experiments on unsuspecting individuals, including the administration of drugs like LSD, hypnosis, and psychological torture, um, the program's existence was denied, obviously, for many, many years, but came to be true. And you can look that document up on official.gov websites that talk about that. But MK Ultra, I mean, come on. It's- Manson acted alone. He was fucking crazy, <laughs> dude. He wasn't dosed by the government. He wasn't persuaded by the government. He wasn't broken out of jail and let loose on his fucking charges by the government. Dude, there's no way that we would do that to our own people. Why would we infect black people with syphilis? Why would we do any of the Tuskegee, quote-unquote, Tuskegee experiments? That's domestic terrorism. We would never. Right. We would never. He was referring to the uh, Tuskegee syphilis study, in case you were wondering, and that can be found at www.cdc.gov-tuskegee-apology. Yeah, you know, dash it, apology. Right, just so you know. Where they, that's where they admit it because they knew they were wrong. And that happened between 1932 to 1972. So it was no subtle thing, you know. And after, I don't know, I don't know if I believe it, but allegedly after the news broke and they admitted to it, those clinics that were operating for 40 years shut down. What? Weird. We wouldn't do that, dude. Come on. They went bankrupt because they ran out of funding because they weren't. There's no more syphilis. That's what happened. 
<laughs> come on. Yeah, come on. That's just conspiracy theories. You guys know where that term came from, right? That, yeah. that The term conspiracy theories comes from the CIA. You can trace that directly based off of documents. That, That's where the first time that term was used from. That can't be a way to discredit public... The, the public... Right. The public... Um, like, nah, don't mind that guy. He's just a crazy <laughs> tinfoil hat guy. You know, why would you want to wear a tinfoil hat? It's not like we got electromagnetic weapons that can put thoughts into your head, which is also proven to be true based off of CIA documents, too. Aliens? Come on. <laughs> Come on. Tinfoil hat. Put it on. There's aliens. There's aliens. It might help you from getting your see, mind right. See, red. we'll release the most granny footage and show you. See, they're, they're there. See? It's not like we got like 4K cameras in everyone's fucking pocket. <laughs> but please. Here's this grainy black and white video. <laughs> don't worry. see, we told you. Don't you can't be mad now. Please. These we caught these images over our fucking bases. Where we have the shittiest cameras <laughs> over our military bases. Come on. Right. <laughs> Just kind of like all them weird government cameras must not work, just like Epstein's cell. Huh? They don't, dude. They don't. <laughs> Epstein's cell, the, the officers on duty, they got that itis, dude. They got that KFC on lunch. They went back into their bubble and fell asleep, dude. That's it's <laughs> explainable. Explainable. They ate a whole loaf of banana bread. You know what that shit will do to you? It'll make you sleepy. <laughs> But banana bread at fucking work, dude? Hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Stupid, dude. Stupid. I, I'd like to know what goes through a lot of these people's minds when they hear this shit and they're just like, oh, yeah, yeah no, that, that makes sense. That makes sense. What happened to Ghislaine? Oh, you know, I don't. I, I haven't heard anything. Must be that uh, she gave some testimony that was self-incriminating or... Oh, but look over here at this submarine. Yeah. <laughs> Must be she gave some testimony that was self-incriminating because uh, yeah, there's no politicians being persecuted. I mean. They're like the documents. They're not classified, but we're not releasing them either. Yeah. You can't do a Freedom of Freedom of Information Act on these documents because they're in a court case. Not for that's 75 different. more years because we're going to keep right. this shit open. It's still under investigation. Who's working on it? Oh, Daniel down at. The depot. What depot? It's probably probably the same <laughs> file as next to Hunter Biden's laptop in the FBI, which they can't find. Can't find it. Right. Probably under his laptop is what it is. If they could find his laptop, they'd find that. <laughs> oh, it don't make sense now. It just got misplaced. <laughs> I have this charger. I know I left it around here somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> in the background, you heard trash compactor. <laughs> Another good one to look into um, is pulling it up my bad the we've we've touched on it a few times the iran contra affair where the u.s government was busted um using people to sell drugs and guns like highway high freeway ricky ross the mm -hmm. real rick ross mm -hmm. not the rapper he stole that name yep but he he's connected back to buying his stuff from the contras and the contras were getting it at this whole camp that they were training the cia gorillas at mm -hmm. and that's that was their staging spot and there was um, a CIA agent in Mexico, Noriega, that was looking into the farm that they had all the stuff that they were training the gorillas at, and they were moving the drugs through. And then he got killed, too, which blew the whole thing open because it was an order by the U.S. government to take out that CIA agent. Mm-hmm. The real Noriega. Mm-hmm. The last narc. Yeah, for real, <laughs> that, that talks about some of that stuff in that show, though. 
And yeah. There was a whole big deal why they tried to take it offline, too. Like, there's something in there that might not want you to look too much into. And that's the thing, dude, is, like, when you start looking into that, it's like, um, what? Come on. We're not. Come on. We're right. not doing that. It's not like you could go to <laughs> www.reaganlibrary.gov dash research dash species dash one one zero six eight seven a just just for research purposes only educational you know yeah uh hypothetical right <laughs> yeah yeah come on we're not we're not come on also look into the tower commission report a lot of homework on this episode but it's definitely worth it for some mind blowers i'll be posting some links for sure we I'll, got you i'll post some links that's the thing dude like the iran contra come on you really think that we would be working with a drug dealer in the inner city? Well, Come what on. happened we was have, Congress there... didn't want to do it because this is during the Cold War, so they're trying to stop the spread of communism. And Congress is like, no, we're not going to fund a whole nother war. We just got out of stuff in Vietnam like 20, 10 years earlier. So 20 or 10, you know? Yeah. But Congress denied the, the funding, right? So the CIA, because they're their own entity and don't have to follow constitutional laws, and it's not a law enforcement agency, they mm-hmm. had to come up with their own funding. Guess how they did it? They knew that, that the Contras were making money and encouraged the money being made off of the sale and of weapons from Iran, or no, weapons to Iran in exchange for the re- release of American hostages. So then that's their out, you know, well, we're getting our, our prisoners out. But then weapons weren't used for very good things after that. And then on top of that, they were selling the drugs in the U.S., which started the crack crack epidemic. There's no direct documentation saying the CIA started that and pushed that. But what else would happen from that being sold into the U.S.? Listen, here's why I don't believe that. And if you can't tell, this is last half hour just been sarcastic. <laughs> Which, I mean, plays to the fucking podcast bio. But don't go off our thoughts. Make your own conclusions and thoughts and look into this stuff yourself. Here's why I don't believe that heavy sarcasm. Dude, if we're not going to fund another war, like, we're already in a drug war. Why are we going to sell drugs during a drug war? Why are we going to sell and gather munitions that we know are going to be used in illicit ways? And why would we sell drugs to help fund that? Like that, come on. We're in a drug war. Like we can't, come on. I told my, I told my kids, you can't have a cookie unless you eat dinner. And here I am eating a tray of cookies. And I'm not even going to leave them one in case they eat dinner. <laughs> what kind of person would I be, dude? We're on it. We're in a cookie war. But then there's people still in jail or in prison for that exact thing, mm-hmm. for selling the drugs that were brought to this country <laughs> yeah. by their own government who prosecuted them, and now they're in the federal penitentiary. What was his name? Barry White? That guy that was flying. Or wasn't it? I don't know. I'm thinking of Barry Seal, but that's probably a different guy. No, that might be him. The guy that was flying the cocaine. Yeah. Yeah. When he got arrested, he had like Clinton's number in his pocket or some shit, or George Bush Sr.'s number in his pocket mm-hmm. do you believe that there's a few of the different pilots and stuff that like there's some good podcasts out there where they're talking about getting crashed in the woods and stuff running through the jungle and stuff meeting up with certain presidents and stuff yeah but do you believe them come on jeff <laughs> the greatest country in the world and we we don't have secrets 
anything they don't tell us is for our protection. Yeah, for for your own protection. That's it, dude. <laughs> Come on. It would start an uprising or it would create a uh, a sense of disbelief or distrust if they were to tell you certain things even though they're telling you the truth. They don't want you to hear the other side because who do you trust? It's it dude it's that simple. They just hide the the lies from you so that you don't question the truth. Or once you start to get around like-minded individuals and get a little bit upset and then you grow a little bit, you have new individuals come into your group and they'll push a narrative that, like, for instance, um, the governor of Michigan, Gretchen Whitmore, there was a whole kidnapping plot, but the people who pushed the idea of kidnapping the governor turned out to be FBI agents that were working for the feds. Like 12 out of 14 of them? Right. They'll push the whole narrative, and then it's just two random people that are like, I mean, I guess. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I guess I'm outnumbered. And, I mean, I'm don't get me wrong. I'm sure there were probably threats. Like, hey, we have this blackmail on you. Hey, you've already gathered these weapons. Hey, remember when I asked you if you could get a Glock switch? Like, I'll blow this up. If you don't want to actually follow through with us, I'll just make a call right now. And you're doing... X amount of time anyway for the acts you've already done. Like, just help us. Like, this is for a good cause. Like, you don't understand. The things she's doing are anti-democratic. And they fucking feed into your side. They feed into your beliefs. And they say, we're with you. Now, you just go first, bud. You got this. Yeah, you you kick that door, though. (laughs) You kick that door, though. And then I want you to zip tie her. You know what I mean? (laughs) They're like, okay. And I mean, it's not like it starts on a Facebook page with bots. It's not like they just... Great memes to push a narrative. Exactly, dude. It doesn't happen. Here's an actual government term. Mematic warfare. Yeah, yeah. Straight up. And, you know, that was developed semi-recently. Like, I want to say 2011 or 2012 was the first time that that was, like, um, documented as being used, like, in official documents. Because that was about the time where they realized that memes were blowing up. And memes are almost, honestly, a form of comedy. But they're also a form of news, you know what mm-hmm. I mean, where you can get an entire point across with a couple pictures or one or picture. Or you can teach stuff. Yeah, literally. And they're a form of entertainment. And why would mematic warfare not be a thing if we can use CNN, major broadcast network television, as a form of, you know, realistically psychological warfare, dude? 100%. So why would why would they not use something like a meme or a Facebook page, you know? Look up Yuri Besvinov, where he talks about ideological subversion mm-hmm. over an extended period of time. Russia's playing. Mm-hmm. They're playing, dude. They're playing. What was that in the 80s he was talking about that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then look what's happening now, 40 years later. Talking about moral degradation of the culture, saying that they can defeat their enemy without firing a single bullet and have them defeat themselves. A country divided will fall. So if we can, like their idea is if they can divide us from the inside, we'll fight each other. Let me expand on that a little bit. I just got one word to say and then I'll dive a little deeper. Not even a word, it's a pronoun. Dylan Mulvaney. The attack on masculinity. Shout out Zach Knight. He sent me a video that got me thinking about this. Got brought up, actually maybe in one of the podcasts, I can't remember. So many conversations, too, but I got brought up a couple months ago. My brothers and I, I don't, I don't think it was on a podcast. My brothers and I were talking about it, about the attack on masculinity. Not in the same way, but just the way that 
toxic masculinity is a newer term. Mm. And just the way that it's it's talked about is that it's toxic to be a man, right? Well, who's going to defend the country? On, on that exact note, like you see companies straight up losing money over this equality stuff, which I'm all for equality, do your own thing. But when a company is going to make a business decision like Bud Light to push a narrative and lose money on it, it's like, okay, so money isn't their motive. So that's, that should be a little worrisome or scary to you. Yes. Like, what other motives do they have? Because in capitalism, that's their motive is to make money. And that's the thing. There's so many indicators. And I don't know if I've talked about it in depth, but, like, when I look at things, I like to look at the indicators, right? And there's always, like, the the front page shit, for example. Let's just use that term. There's always the front page shit. Like, this is happening, that happened. But then you got to look at the indicators. Like, for example, if we're going to use, like, an assembly line, you get to the end of the line... Let's say you're building cars, right? You get to, uh, cars coming out of the paint booth are fucking half painted. You're like, <laughs> something's going on in the paint booth, right? But then that's your initial indication is that there's an issue. You can make an assumption that, yeah, there's something going on with the paint booth. Okay. But it's probably not as simple as it's just not spraying enough paint or whatever. A lot of times it could be a bad batch of paint, which you trace back to the manufacturer who made a change in their manufacturing process where it's not laying down the same. Or somebody didn't mix the right batch. Maybe they were training, they didn't load the machines right. Maybe they didn't add the right fucking, you know, compounds to it or the right pigments. Or maybe they added too much pigment to it so it's not spraying or it's not atomizing the same. They're not thinning it out the same. It's not going through the same drying term so shit's looks thinner but it's not it's it's the same thickness it's just drying in patches or whatever you know the indicator is that there's an issue by looking at it but that's where a lot of people stop is they say oh this fucking guy that's running these robots you know maybe there's something as simple as like an air compressor that's got a seal going out or whatever you know what i mean but when people look at the problem usually they just or they look at the result they just assume they know what the problem is they don't realize there's a huge, huge selection of possible problems, you know. And when you look at something like the Bud Light thing, dude, okay, yeah. They sent cans to this transgender with her face on it. Obviously, they're trying to get a little bit of advertising, probably gain a little bit of the LGBTQ community. But the indicator of how the country actually feels about it as a whole. You see it in, well, the end profits, the profit loss, right? Was it 20 some billion dollars mm-hmm. lost? Okay. There, there's an indicator of, okay, the country doesn't support this, but let's go a little bit deeper, dude. You say, okay, the country as a whole doesn't support this. That's your assumption. Maybe the country as a whole does support it, but what they don't support is you pushing it. Well, Maybe what they don't it... support is you celebrating somebody who's been transgender for 365 days where you've got people that have been killed over their decisions to be gay or not decisions, but decisions to transgender or whatever, you know. Maybe they're not happy the fact that you're overlooking the people that have been trafficked or taken advantage of simply because of their sexual orientation. 
maybe they're not happy because they themselves have gone through a, a transgender or a transition and have gone to a surgeon that's promised them something and botched it. Or maybe they've been in a relationship where somebody's lied and they've got a terrible taste in their mouth, no homo, no pun intended, because of their firsthand experience. And the country as a whole seems to be making the assumption that, oh, it's not supported. Well, I'm sure it's supported. Like, most of the country probably does support like, the well, American dream, you know, trying to live your experience, trying to be happy. But what they don't support is overlooking all the other shit to celebrate one person. Mm-hmm. Like, what about all these other people? Or, like, where people are on the White House lawn, like, flashing and stuff, and that's appropriate because <laughs> right. it's exclusive. <laughs> right. But how come, at the end of the day, there's still not some sort of citation, like, hey, you know, I understand, like, this is a form of protest, but there are still, you know, even if it's local laws, there's still these laws that you're going to be held to. Go ahead and protest, but you still have limits to your protest. Right, like, like if I go pee behind the bar, I know I'm going to get arrested for public indecent exposure or whatever, you know. Right. But it's different rules. And nobody's seen my peen. They saw my back and they saw the stream. So they're like, he's pissing. <laughs> okay. But they're not held to the same standard, you know. And there's an indicator there, too. Like, a lot of people don't want to fuck with the community. They don't want to say, okay, how come you're prosecuting this one person? Oh, it must be because you're anti-gay or you're anti-trans or whatever. And it's, you know, I don't know. There's a lot of indicators, man. And something like that, I mean... You look at, like, a news network, and it's like, okay, like you said, eh, where's your funding coming from? Well, because every other commercial is for fucking AstraZeneca or whatever, and it's right. like, okay, well, you're you're saying these things, like, get the shot, right? Get the vaccine, but then your money's coming from these places that are making the vaccine. So what's your, how do you really feel? You know, what's the indicator that, that I'm getting is that I should get the vaccine, but if I look a little deeper, then I see that there's an indicator that you probably have an incentive. And then I see that they have an indicator because if they can get the majority of the country to take this, they're making an extreme amount of profits. It's the same you know? thing as drug reps for doctors. Drug reps will go to a doctor's office, take the whole office out to eat, pay for all their stuff, give them a bunch of fancy stuff saying, you know, product name and stuff like swag. Giving them yeah. swag and all this cool stuff. Like you know? baseball hats? Right, Hell I got yeah, you. I got you. Right, and then when you have whatever problem, your doctor's going to be like, oh, I know the one, I'll prescribe this. And it's not like he gets a little payoff from that sometimes too, and they do sometimes. He does, yeah. Um, when there's other natural medicines that can solve that problem without all the side effects, where like, oh, you get this side effect, oh, no problem, we'll give you another drug. So then you're even more paying money, or your insurance company, so you don't even worry about paying money for right. it. Right, well, then that's the thing, is if I can get you on a series of drugs and I can max out your insurance, I know where my money's coming from mm-hmm. every month because now you're on this pill, whether it's an opiate that you can't just break without extreme side effects and potential death, you know, but uh, there's an addiction quality. You you remember what it's like being depressed. Come on, you don't <laughs> you don't want to get off your meds. If you want to try something else, I can change your meds. Right, like why work out and change your lifestyle when you can just take this pill? Right, dude, like what's that? what's that new stuff that, it's supposed to be a diabetic shot that people are taking to lose weight. I don't. I'm not really up to date on that type of stuff. I've been hearing sure. a lot about it, and it's like, huh? I hear that's just a problem you can run away from. Literally, obesity. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> literally. 
And it's not like Jason Voorhees. A lot of times you get far enough away from that fucker and he chases someone else, dude. He's yeah. like, ugh, why, why am I going to run 20 miles to catch up to that guy when I got this dude right here on my left shoulder? He's going to swing that hatchet to pivot left. It's just interesting to see companies in the mainstream aspect put so much money into only 5% of the population. Yeah. Like to what? Be- like I'm all for equality. Make I'm gonna say that again, you know, so we don't get canceled and shit. Oh yeah, I'm not worried about getting canceled. <laughs> not yet. Right. Not right. Yet. <laughs> yeah. But it just it just doesn't make sense to certain aspects. Yeah. I mean, well, think about this too, dude. Like, if you already have your hands in ninety five percent of the pie, why would you feel like you need that last five percent? Or over time, if you're getting people to switch over to a different like identifying sex thing or I don't know how to properly word it you know but if you're not reproducing like having children and all the guys think they're girls and over 20 years if like say for instance China has a long 50 year 100 year plan if you intend to fight us or you know your enemy in 20 30 years and you can decrease their population decrease their masculinity because who's going to be the warriors the males mm-hmm. and you, if you can make that be not cool to be in in shape self-sufficient know how to operate and maintain a firearm like why fight them now when you can just do it over time and you can degrade the culture and you can degrade their identity of the nation that's the thing you the war on masculinity dude who's going to fight Right. Majority men. There will be women that fight. Right? There'll but then be you got Biden saying, you don't need an AR. No one needs an AR. But we, we we give them to the Taliban, though. That's cool. They can have them. But you can't have a fully automatic firearm. We, yeah. We give them away to terrorists. Come on. But Come on. Right. In Michigan, let alone you want to carry your own handgun legally that you purchased and not do nothing with it. Dude, that's the thing. That's the thing that bugs me. Like, I see constitutional concealed carriers on the ballot, which is cool. But what's what's the name of the fucking bill? I'm not sure off the top of my head on that one either. Okay. But we should know that and spread we that should. information for yeah. sure. Well, so what's what's one of the titles in it? Constitutional concealed carry is up for a vote. But a police officer swears to uphold the Constitution, but will still arrest you and throw your ass in jail for that same exact thing. And we'll put it up to public vote for you to be able to exercise your constitutional concealed carry ability and it's only okay if you pay him two hundred dollars and take a class i'm all for education but two hundred dollars it shouldn't like it's not then they'll say oh it's like a driver's license you have to pay for your driver's license to go on the roadways right but it's not a constitutional right that's a privilege due yeah. to taxpayer dollars so right that's the difference is a constitutional right is an unalienable god-given right which you have the right to exercise as an american citizen which they say sh- it shall not be billed licensed or what else or infringed right or infringed so and it's look, looks what are we like doing? all three of those things <laughs> what are we doing? like you're gonna real. you're gonna bill me or you're gonna license me which then you charge for and if and on top of that the license are documented and has your address not like we have a registration of see everyone who has a firearm right but we just got all your addresses why would we right what's the purpose hmm. if somebody comes here to attack us why would we need to know what you have in your closet or you're safe. Right. But or your truck. <laughs> but all them politicians you say that say they're against guns, who who's protecting them? Dudes in black suits and they don't got you know, they don't got bows and arrows, I tell you that much. That's exactly, dude. Like Pelosi pisses me off so much because it's like 
Okay. All right. Yeah. Let's 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 just play your game. Let's say that we don't need any weapons. ARs, handguns, blowguns. Right. Canada's going through the same thing. Right. So well, you know, let's just say let's play your game, Pelosi, or whoever. You'd name. There's a whole list of them that say that. Let's just play their game. There's people that aren't even in politics that believe that bullshit. Let's just play all their that side's game. <clears throat> do you live in a gated community? Okay. If you do, there's first line of protection. Do you have bodyguards? If you do, there's line two of protection. Do you have home security? Video cameras, fucking alarms that go right to the police and let them know that there was a break-in. If you do, there's line three of protection. Of course you don't need to have a gun when you got three lines of protection before you have to defend your own life. <laughs> she looks around, she's like, why would anyone want one of these? Yeah, why? <laughs> Who? <laughs> so let's just take the bodyguards out because they're not going to need guns. Who, who cares if they know judo or jujitsu or anything? And they don't need the guns. Let's just get rid of the bodyguards. Because really, if anything happens, what are they going to do? They're, they're going to shoot somebody. They're not going to fucking put them to sleep. Okay. Mm-hmm. Unless, you know, somebody runs up on them, tries to stab them, maybe they disarm them, and then whatever. So let's just get rid of those guys. No guns. No guns means no bodyguards. Because that's really, realistically, what they're going to do is use their gun. Okay, so you still have a gated community, and then you still have home security. Well, if there's no guns, there's probably no reason for a gate. Who are you trying to keep out? Right? Come on. Mm-hmm. Let's get rid of that gate. And then if there's no guns, that solves the problem of needing home security. Let's just get rid of that. And then now you live in a world where there's no guns. But you don't have a gate and you don't have home security because there's no reason, right? I mean, that's what you're scared of. But a lot of these people forget they have a lot of money. They have a lot of assets. They have a lot of value. Whether they earned it, stole it, whatever. They have a lot of value. And if they are going to get robbed or... Nowadays, it's going to be cyber, right? Somebody's going to be coming through, drain your account. But if somebody's going to rob you and they don't have a gun... You're like no. You think they're you think they're gonna be like God damn it now I can't commit this crime, now I can't steal this car, now I can't break in and take their jewelry because I don't have a gun. Because it's illegal and I follow that law, but not the other laws. Exactly. Like, come on, I can't break in there to get their jewelry. Come on. They're like, oh no, man, that's five to ten. Listen, that's on the ballot <laughs> now. Now that's on the ballot too. Was like, all right, petty crime isn't petty crime anymore. Now I'm gonna do more. Come on, why would I kill anybody, dude? That's illegal. I can't... Come on. Come on. There's no guns, and I can't... Shoot, like Chicago, where there's no guns, pretty much, and people can get (laughs) on bond for an open murder charge. Right. I couldn't murder to begin with, but here I am, murdering. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) Like, that's what I'm saying, dude, is like, laws don't stop criminals. And, And to an extent... There's only so far you can push the laws before you make everybody a criminal. Kind of like the pistol brace ban. But just kind of like saying that, hey, you know, you can't pee unless it's in your own house. So they get rid of bathrooms in every facility, at the mall, anywhere, dude. You're going to have people pissing in bottles in their car. That's not your house. 
You're going to have people pissing outside. That's not your house. You, you're going to turn damn near everybody into a criminal. The reality of it is people will adapt and overcome to any situation. So there'll be secret little bathrooms, you know, in that situation. Well, yeah, which then you're risking fucking time in jail, prison mm-hmm. even, because you're breaking a law. But, I mean, come on. There's only so far that you can go. And I know that's an extreme example, but there's only so far you can go. You say, okay, you can't eat a cheeseburger. It's like you can have a burger, but no cheese. How many people are going to, like, be cutting their cheese just inside the bun so if you walk by like you don't see the cheese on it could you imagine if they made <laughs> like laws against some of these chemicals they put in our food that are actually bad for us it'd be instead amazing. of laws against stuff that's a victimless crime dude it would when, be amazing right when we literally were the victims every time we go to mcdonald's and you put them chemicals inside your body the straight poison like set a mcchicken out and see how long it takes to rot you'd be there a minute or make yourself a mcchicken right go mm-hmm. get a patty grind it up season it damn near the same way fry it and then uh set that bitch on the counter next to a mcchicken you go and pick up three days and you're gonna be like the fuck is that (laughs) (laughs) no it just gets harder don't even rot like if you set a cheeseburger from mcdonald's out you can leave it in your car and like months later it'll still look like a cheeseburger like it'll be tink 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 well that's what i was talking is like if you make your own and then Mm -hmm. set it next to a mcchicken i see what you're saying that makes sense yeah Yeah. you're gonna smell the mcchicken first and be like that that ain't it and you're going to smell that other one and fucking hurl. Yeah. You know what I mean? But that's the thing, dude. It's like, tell me this. How come people are so willing? Okay, how do I want to word this? How how come people are so willing to not take their own safety into their own hands? And who would benefit from you being weaker or unhealthy when it's not like there's people who make money off prescribing a solution when they create the same problem, they're giving you the solution too. Oh, come on. That sounds crazy, John. <laughs> that sounds crazy. Who would be, come on. Who would who would benefit from you not being able to protect yourself walking down a dark alley? Right. Like, give me an instance <laughs> in history where that went well, where a government disarmed their population. I'll save mm. you the time. There's literally none. Like, there's literally not a single instance where the government didn't abuse their own citizens where they took away their guns. False. Prison. Oh, wait a minute. No, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, prison, they don't have weapons. They can't. Why would they need them? Right. Like Nobody su- in there has super a prison. Supermax, 23 and 1. It's all locked down 23 hours a day, one hour out, and still they find weapons and drugs. But, you know, there's a war on drugs and weapons are illegal there. Come on. They're already in prison. They're not going to fuck up again and <laughs> get weapons and drugs. That's what they're in there for. They, they're learning. Come on. They do call it criminal college. <laughs> for real. You ain't invited if you ain't indicted. Right, dude. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying is, like, why are people so unwilling to take their own safety into their own hands? But they're more than willing to suck the dick of law enforcement and government and be like, yo, they'll protect me. Yo, they'll protect me. You don't need a gun because I'm scared of you. It's like, you don't be scared of me. Be scared of the guy that doesn't give a fuck about the gun laws when he's a felon and he's got 19 of these motherfuckers or he's buying and selling coke and he can't afford for you to fucking bust his operation. That's the guy to be scared of. Me? You're scared of me? Right, or like someone that does like <laughs> check fraud or something where they just write stuff that's false, right, on a piece of paper. Mm-hmm. Now that guy can never protect himself to the best ability possible out there. Like, he can't right. protect his family with a firearm or nothing because he wrote a check wrong. How does that even make any sense if it's a constitutional, inalienable right for a U.S. citizen to do? Right. 
And then how come people are seriously, I know I've said it like three times, but how come people are more willing to be like, hey, man, I'll call the cops, okay? If something happens, I'll just, I'll just listen, I'll call the cops. You better stop right now. There's a <laughs> cop on the phone. <laughs> yeah, dude. I'll call the cops. What do you mean? I'll call my neighbor. He'll come over and fucking with his bat. It's like, okay, okay, but hold on. You're talking about a criminal with a firearm because he's a criminal and he doesn't give a fuck about the law. I mean, he's, he, I mean, he's already committing committing a crime by abusing you or breaking into your home. You know what I mean? You think that he's going to stop at, I don't know, the bat? He's going to let you beat him down with the bat in your home? Probably not. He's probably going to want to get out of there with the loot he went in there for. Or he's probably going to want to leave with your purse or your wife or whatever the fuck he's there. Or your life. Or your <laughs> life, whatever they're there for. Like... He's made a decision to break the law. Why can't I make a decision to defend myself against somebody whose mind I can't read? I'll tell you why. Because they've done the studies, right? They, they've done the programs, and clearly they can't do any sort of psychological. See, and like to most people, they'll be like, <laughs> oh, no, nah, that's just crazy talk. But the more self-sufficient you try to become, the more you realize there's definitely stuff in place to prevent you from being self-sufficient. Yes. Like if you try to own your own farm, the antibiotics to the animals that you need to take care of, they're all controlled. Like you can't just get the antibiotics you need. Not without licensing. Right. So that's documentation, <laughs> paying them money. And then you're in a little book somewhere, which they say isn't true, but you're in a book saying, oh, well, this guy has this much. Oh, okay. Well, this guy has this much. So in this amount of days, he'll run out. Right. And it's like. And that's repetitive because you need to get relicensed. You got to recertify. You got to re. You got to retest. You got to pass And that's a new exams. law to put in place the last couple of years. For, for? For the um, antibiotics for anim animals. Yeah. And do this. It's fucked up because you go to a family farm at home and you want to give your dog a shot. You can get your 10 in one or whatever. You go in there, you bite, take it out of the fridge, you go home, give your dog a shot. No training, no nothing. It's your dog, right? Mm -hmm. But the second you have a farm where you may be selling these meats or you may be spraying these vegetables with a certain amount of things, you're actually going to provide a public service or a public good, right? Mm -hmm. The second you start having product that you're going to sell to the public or whatever, they're like, hey, <laughs> we need our cut. Big time. Or they'll be like, whoa, is that natural milk? That's illegal in several states. Yeah. You got to pasteurize the fuck out of that milk. You got to put some chemicals in there. Listen, you got to send it to this place so that they can pay us some taxes on processing your goods. You know, and then you're still going to make some money. But right. And you're then gonna that, pay that money them. you collect, you pay taxes on too. Right, yeah. So we're going to get double dipping because we're, we're going to get money from this place that you have to send your shit. So And they got to pay us. So the money they make off you, we're getting money off, you know, we're getting our taxes off. And then when you do end up selling that product, you're paying taxes. So, you know, double diffing. They're in a good position. They're in a good position. I, I, I don't know. I just wish it was easier for people to see that, like, um, your best interest is not in their, it's not even in their vocabulary, dude. Like, it's not even in their fucking book at all like Rashid if it wasn't for us the capitalist fucking machine wouldn't operate because they need our money mm -hmm. and then they use our money to make these decisions I remember kids taxation is theft yeah and think about this dude 
At, at what point are they going to tax you enough to where they've made enough bad decisions that you're going to revolt because now you don't have any money and uh, you don't have any money. You can't find a job, nothing but crime out there because nobody else has any money and they can't do anything for you because you can't give them money and they've made terrible decisions with the money they've taken from you. But then you're just a crazy domestic terrorist if you talk like that. But once you get what to that point. What do you celebrate point, on 4th of July? Right. But once you get to that point, what happens? You don't have guns anymore because your fellow citizens have decided that you don't. Right. It's too late, dude. Then what? Right. You're in. You're under communist control because they say, all right, listen, here's what's going to happen. We, You're not valuable to us anymore. We can't get the money. The stock market's not a thing. Like, you know, the people that do have money, they're going to be the ones in charge. And they're going to be the ones funding these things like uh, Foxconn, you know. And then you're going to work there for hardly any money. And then the money that we're actually going to export or whatever, the product we're going to export, we're going to take most of that money off from so that we can grow our government because you can't do it. You're mm -hmm. failing as citizens. You know? It's, it's scary. Right. And it's like, at, at what point do you draw the line of where it's governmental abuse versus like the citizens just standing up for themselves and having a free democracy as it should be? Where the people in power represent their people and are not just trying to make money off it through like profit sharing or stocks or whatever else. Well, at the point you cross a sea, you find a land and you say, hey, this is our land now, right? Mm -hmm. well, so, so we've got to commit a genocide to have it so we can have freedom. Well, the worst part about like some of the people that can be voted into office is like it gets to the point or you can vote your way in, but you have to shoot your way out. That's what our founding fathers understood by emplacing the Second Amendment. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Um, enemies foreign or domestic. Mm -hmm. Oh, wait. And shall not be infringed. Pretty black and white. But then here, here we are putting up with it by paying the money to get our rights back, to get a concealed carry license and stuff, yeah. and showing that that's okay and people are going to put up with that. <clears throat> and that's what? that's the thing is that's your and it's not like we're suggesting a violent like overthrow or whatever <clears throat> like all you can vote your way out it's just making the right decisions to put the right people in power but it's like how can you get someone in office that's not just backed by pharmaceutical companies or other politicians that has the funding to support their whole you know running in office election stuff dude i'll tell you i'll tell you how difficult it is if you want to get your ad campaign on there to say, hey, come on, just vote for this, right? Come on, mm -hmm. come on. Like, this is what we're all thinking, you know? It's your constitutional right. Just fucking vote for this. But the second that broadcast network decides that they don't want that message out there, they don't want that bill passed because maybe their big daddy says, hey, this can't, come on. This is the first baby step in a direction that we lose power. They're going to say, I'm sorry, it's going to cost you $20 million. Oh, Oh, you have 20, $25 million. Well, twenty million per viewing. They're gonna do whatever they can to be like no, or they just sit down with the fucking wi big wigs at the fucking network, and they're like no. This guy, you know, we can't support this guy because of this, that, or the other. They pull up some bullshit on you, then they they broadcast that some bullshit to to discredit you. Good example is Joe Rogan, where they tried to cancel him, and like. Mm, mm hmm. They brought up some stuff from like ten years ago, where he's a comedian. He obviously said some vulgar stuff. You know, it may not have been right at the time, but everyone just tried to cancel him for stuff 10 years ago when it's like, he's speaking factual information, having real free independent thought and conversation, much like we are right here. How about when they put a filter on him 
made him look sick. Mm-hmm. They put that yellow filter on his apology. Right, like, look at him. He's using worse tranquilizer. That's not a real solution when it's like, follow the data, the factual information, which turned out to be true. It did have positive health effects. And it's, it was one of the most prescribed medicines in history. Mm-hmm. Not to horses. <laughs> to <laughs> right. people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's a horse dewormer, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess you could probably use it to deworm horses or your dog, or maybe you could use it to, I don't know, heal some sort of fucking immune disorder you have. I don't know. Maybe you could use it to boost your immune system. Maybe you could use it to to create a more powerful immune response. I don't know. I mean, it's been working through history. There's been hundreds of billions of doses given out, and I mean, it only costs, what, 30 cents a dose versus... A hundred thousand or whatever, and all tens that, of thousands. All that stuff you can look up yourself through books and information and stuff. And they don't believe that you will do that by you believing whatever they're telling you. They're like, oh, they're they're not gonna look into it. They're just gonna read this headline. You know, they're they're gonna say it's or strength monster. And half the people do. That's the worst part. And here's a good example. Have you ever heard of Google Scholar? I have heard of it. I haven't looked into it though, bro. Google Scholar, right? Open a tab. Perfect. Just go to, just in the in the tab, just write Google Scholar. And it'll take you to a whole nother division of Google. Provides a simple way to broadly search for scholarly literature. Search across a wide variety of disciplines and sources, articles, theses, books, abstracts, and court opinions. Yeah. Like uh, documented, certified. Some of them you have to pay for, right? There's, there's, there's. Some people that put out papers, some doctors put out papers, right? Or they write a thesis, and you can get the thesis, but then to actually go into their research, they ask for like a dollar. You can get some books, just like if you go to Audible and get a book. There's books you can find on there that are like, you can't find on Audible. It's 25 bucks, whatever. But it's documented shit. It's it's stuff that you can do. It's case study. It's whatever. It's It's experiments you can do at home and get your own results. It's like... Factual things. Or if it's not factual, it's it's all cited. All the sources are cited. All the research is cited. Everything's documented and, you know, it's just... <clears throat> it's a resource that's there that most people don't know about. Most people just know, yeah, Google. Google. Right. Go and, to Google. And Google will censor the results, too, because people can pay certain amounts of money to them to have their listings show up before whatever things. Like, yeah. if you use DuckDuckGo and you search certain things, whole websites won't even pop up. That's for a reason. Or Brave. Brave mm-hmm. browsers, the same way. I mean, DuckDuckGo seems to be getting a little skewed now, which I haven't looked into that because I kind of noticed some shit was popping up at the top on Google and DuckDuckGo, and then you start using Brave, and it's like, hmm. Yeah, it's like, I wonder what's going on there. But or the old reliable, just head over to Tor. Right. And that's the thing, dude. It's like, again, most people don't know about Google Scholar, and it's like, that would be something I would think would be, um, as far as, like, in the best interest of the nation, to broadcast that. Like, hey, right now there's, an, a, there's literally a war on information, right? There's a literally. War, literally a war on information. There's a cognitive war, dude. They're doing whatever they can to fucking distract you. They're doing whatever they can. Propaganda, right? They're pro- propagandizing everybody. They're making everybody question everything. And then here's a source. Everybody knows about Google. You can ask your phone, hey, Google, right? How come Google Scholar is so, 
people don't know about it. But everybody knows about Google. They just don't know about that second word where you can get factual things or even things that aren't um, that are proven incorrect, right? Because that's all boring. Why look into that when you can just scroll through TikTok? Right. Is it mm-hmm. because you got to pay for some stuff? Like you can find articles that cover the same thing you don't have to pay for. If you want to buy a book on there, like I said about, I don't know, Fauci and some of the research he's done and a lot of the fact checking. Or the amount of times he's been caught up in criminal liability. Oh, it's there. <laughs> but why, why, come on. Or like Just, the whole Pfizer company that like is like the most, like the company that got caught in the most legal litigations out of ever, any company. Ever. <laughs> <laughs> right. But that's who we're going to trust to mandate our whole government to have to take this shot or you lose your job. But it's there. Mm-hmm. And people just don't know about it. They just put in Google. Oh, what did he say about that? Google. Oh, hey, look at that. Oh, yeah, I'm pleased. It's like, come on. Come on, you're you're literally becoming a casualty to this war on information willingly because you're too distracted or too lazy to do the research or you don't actually want to go through the the thought experiment, not even the thought experiment. You don't want to put in the mental the mental work to say okay. Mental reps. Yeah, you don't want you don't want to get your brain going to say this isn't you don't want to go down a rabbit hole. Maybe you just want to watch funny cat videos or fucking bitches shake their tits on TikTok. I don't know. But if that's your thing, that's cool. But your thing should also be like preserving you, your safety, number one, whether it's your physical safety or your mental safety. If you can't make a good decision because you're uninformed, you're not making safe decisions. You're you're gambling on everything you make a decision on. Like if you're not informed that your vehicle is going to shit and then you're going to drive 300 miles somewhere, your safety's at risk because, okay, yeah, let's say you blow a tire or your engine blows or whatever. Mm-hmm. Now you're on the side of the road somewhere where you probably don't have a gun or whatever because you don't think that your safety is important enough to protect. Or maybe you have always, a gun, but you've never trained. You know? Always packing, never lacking. Right. Maybe you don't have any food. Maybe it's the wintertime and you're like, yeah, I got to go 300 miles away and you don't have a sleeping bag. It's just, it's those little fucking things, dude, that people aren't taking care of themselves first. They think think they are people are made to feel selfish if they do take care of themselves first like hey i need new clothes or hey i need to get a new car this i need to make sure i got that that but that's what you need to do that's why you're here like what else is your purpose other than to survive right why are people being made to feel guilty for what we would call indulging like okay yeah you maybe you don't need versace right Maybe you don't need Louis Vuitton, but you know you need clothes. If you have the means to go get those clothes, that's cool. Maybe you don't need a $7,000 AR, but if you have the means, that's great, right? Like, there's there's, there's always a... Why not just get a $1,000 AR and 6000 in training? Right, or 4000 in training and 2000 in rounds. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a scale, right? A dichotomy, if you will. A dichotomy, right. But it seems that more people are leaning towards relying on the government and law enforcement officials for their protection and they're relying on the news for their information but none of those people are going to be taking care of you if you're caught up in an alley because mm-hmm. you found a shortcut on Google Maps is Google Maps going to be accountable for you taking that shortcut and getting your ass shot right and the reality of it is people <laughs> will just sit there and watch you get beat up and pull up their phones and yell world star and be like oh, what's that video instead of helping you you know why because maybe that'll give them some sort of 
popularity. Maybe that'll bring them some sort of mon- monetary return. There's no incentive for them to help you protect yourself. Again, protect yourself. Mm-hmm. Like, on every avenue. Say, yeah, this is a dark alley. Maybe I won't take the shortcut because I'm going to be two minutes late. Maybe I'll just be two minutes late and explain and not be scared to fucking converse with somebody about, hey, there's a dark-ass alley out there. Like, that. And they'll probably more than likely be like, yeah, I wouldn't either. Two minutes, I'm not even worried about it. It would have been cool if you were here earlier. I'm not even worried about it. Your safety is the biggest thing. You made it here. You might not have made it here if you took that alley. And then I'd be more concerned about that. Mm-hmm. On every level, dude. Every level. Like these people that drink and drive, and I'm not even saying like have a beer and drive. I'm talking like plastered. Plastered, right. They don't. They wake up in the morning in their car, or they don't know how the fuck they got home. Their house is a mess. Like those people, okay. I understand where maybe you don't know your own limits. Not not limits as, as in alcohol, but your own limits isn't like, your place in society, right? Maybe you say, okay, I'm not probably going to die. I'll get home. Maybe you have a, a track record of getting home in those situations. But once you realize that maybe you're putting yourself in danger in a different way of being taken advantage of outside the bar, maybe getting your ass beat on the way to your car because you're in a condition that you can't take care of yourself, or maybe you have a heart and you say, I don't need to kill a mom and her kids on the way to soccer practice or on the way home from a friend's house or on the way to a friend's house for a sleepover. Like, once you start being aware of your position, it's a lot hard. In my experience, it's a lot harder to be like, yeah, I, I got to get out of here. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, now I might end up in prison if I leave because I might kill somebody. Maybe I, I'm on my way out of mm-hmm. here. Somebody's been watching me. I'm too intoxicated to defend myself, so I'm safer with these people at the bar. I'm safer if I stay here because I'm not going to do something that's even out of my control that's going to end me well, up I'm in prison. I'm using that one. I only stayed at the bar for my safety. No, well, I'm kidding. <laughs> well, well that, that's what I'm saying, though. It's like legitimately, like, they close it down. They're like, hey, man, like, do we need to call you an Uber? Yeah, call me an Uber and then walk me out to it because I'm too fucking intoxicated. You know what I mean? I don't want anybody in here to see me walk out to my car and take advantage of me. I also don't want to get in my car and then kill somebody or whatever and then end up in prison because that's still my safety. Like, mm-hmm. my freedom is part of my safety. My life is part of my safety. Like, whether it's behind bars or getting shot in the parking lot because I don't want to give this guy my wallet or my keys. You know, like it's, it's just, it's, it's literally almost everything in life, dude. Like people get up late for work and I'm guilty of it. I don't, I don't speed to work, but I get up and I leave at the minute I got to leave. But there's people that'll be fucking speeding up behind me. And it's like, dude, hello. well, I mean, it's like, there'll be people that'll be speeding up behind me. They'll be like a mile back. The next thing I know they're on my ass. It's like, what happens if your brakes go out or a deer mm. runs in front of me? Like that's your safety just as much as mine. I mean, I, I'm just as much as bad at, at that exact thing. But when you actually think about it, it's kind of a little selfish when you put it in that well, manner. I mean, it it can be selfish, but again, it's like it's your safety. What happens if a deer runs out in front of you and you're doing seventy five eighty, and that fucker comes through your windshield and lands in your lap? So you'll fuck around and find out. Oh, you could have been to work two minutes late, but now you're laid up in a hospital for six months because right. you're going through rehab. You know, you break break your neck. You're going through physical rehab. You're doing surgeries. You're doing whatever. You're in a coma. Maybe you just died because he had antlers and speared you in the neck. And cops couldn't make it in time because nobody was around to call. Or maybe somebody did call, but they have a 25-minute fucking response time. Like, 
Or that's like on instead you. of being one minute late for work, so you're speeding, and now you're getting pulled over, and now it's like 15 minute wait, and all that shit. Hits your wallet, right? right? You're like, now I got to go to court. I got to miss work again to go to court. Mm-hmm. I got to pay this fucking $125 speeding ticket. Like, that's my financial safety, like on every fucking avenue, dude. You go, you walk to go get ice cream. You walk alone. Do you walk with your family? You know what I mean? Should you have something on you just and in I'm case? And I'm sure for us as guys, it's different from females' perspective. Because, like, my girlfriend, for instance, sometimes she gets worried going to her car after work. She gets out at, like, midnight, you know? Dude, yeah. Like, stuff like that. Because we, we're not worried about it because, you know, we're guys. <sighs> we think we can fight off whatever the issue is. But for some tiny female, like. It's more intimidating for old. for a guy to handle another guy, which is usually when weapons mm-hmm. are involved. But here's the thing, dude. Like, yeah, I'll say it. I had a conversation last week out of necessity. And in that conversation, I mentioned that I maybe, this is not definitive, I might know five females in my life, whether they've been friends I've I've known, like girls I've known, not just like, hey, I know that girl. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like friends. Family, friends of family, family of friends, right? There's maybe five, maybe, in my life that I can name that haven't been molested or raped or both. Maybe five. Maybe. It's disgusting, okay? And it ruins lives. I mean, it. those women, they think about shit a lot different than... um Females that I'm assuming haven't been or haven't been yet, right? And deal with a lot of psychological issues from trauma and PTSD. Yes. And here's the thing, dude, is I think it's baked in into women to be a little more skeptical of situations like that. But when it comes to an emotional thing they see on a screen, they don't attach that to danger. Their emotion gets involved. But if they're walking out to their car at midnight, right? then they feel it, and then they realize it, they recognize it. But when it's on their screen, they don't realize that maybe they're being lied to the same way that some dude could lie to them in a bar. Hey, you know, I'll take you home, you know? Or, but just piggyback off that, yeah, girls are smaller, mostly. is a majority, get big paintbrush, okay? (laughs) Girls are smaller, girls are weaker, right? If if you were to kidnap a female, not for your sexual pleasure or anything, there's monetary value in that. There's monetary incentive. Maybe you know somebody that uh, would give you money and say, hey, dude, listen, here's 150 grand. Here's where she works. They do all the work. You just go pick her up, right? A female's likely not going to do that unless she has a male accomplice. So I feel it's a lot more natural for women to be skeptical of men without knowing the females that have been molested or raped that I know, right? Like I said, maybe five I can name that haven't. But just taking those out, the thought experiment would be, yeah, you know, as a female you are smaller. Maybe it's biologically programmed into you to be skeptical of men. But at the same time, it's like, well, what about men? And then I think about that, and it's like, how many times do I see egos flare up? Because some big dude walks into a bar, and then you just see everybody that's smaller than him, men that are smaller than him fucking, just the way they react. They look at him, 
and then you start hearing people be like, look at this motherfucker. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, like just trying to psychologically put themselves on a pedestal either equal to or above him where they're like, he's not even a fucking I'll kill him right now if I have to. You know what I mean? It's <laughs> like, it, it's, it's. When most of the time the Jack guys are the like weakest people fight wise because they never get in fights because they're fucking jacked. Exactly. When it's well, like the tiny guy that'll beat the shit out of you. Or they're the calmest because mm-hmm. they actually have an avenue of going and releasing that that stress energy, that fucking aggression on weights. Mm-hmm. And they come in and they're the coolest motherfuckers in there. They're like, hey, man, yeah, what's up, man? <laughs> you know what I mean? They're not trying to... And then once in a while you do have a guy that's trying to prove something. But as men, we are thinking more of... I don't know why I'm ranting like this, but they are. we are, in my opinion, thinking more of the aggressor side. But yet I still hear men be like, yeah, take our guns. As a man, I know how aggressive a man can be. We don't need them. It's like, whose side are you on? You know what I mean? <laughs> whose side are you on? Because as a man, if you know I can be an aggressor, why would you not want to stop me from aggressing on your family while you're walking a frosty cone? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't know, man. I don't know where I was going with that, but when you said uh, your girlfriend being scared about... Not like, saying not, that my girlfriend's scared, scared, but there's been but concerns yeah. at times. Yeah, not scared, yeah. yeah. But, but being aware that there is potential harm... Dude, I've hardly ever thought about it. I mean, there's been times I've been buzzed up and been like, oh, I got a long walk, but I'm aware of it. And I'm like, all right, I'm planning, right? I'm planning every step I take. I'm looking for an avenue of either retreat or like a way I can put something between me and somebody else just to give me an extra second or two advantage, like just whatever, you know? And then I get to the car and I'm just like, the fuck? <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm a, I'm a bitch. I mean, I've had concerns because, like, I've walked around some sketchy neighborhoods and, like, say, for instance, some retro Jordans that are all fancy and shit. And it's like, I understand that these are valuable items that someone could bring to a pawn shop pretty fucking easy. And yeah. that would make me a target wearing these around alone, walking around at night. Like, Yeah, but if you have a vagina and that's always valuable. I mean, how many guys get sex trafficked? Young kids. How many men do you know get sex trafficked? Oh, I mean, not personally know, but know of. Like, I mean, there's women in their 40s that get sex trafficked, kidnapped, and fucking shipped overseas. Like, Or people in detention centers near the border where people, whole kids just come up missing in the thousands. Yeah. And what's the reason for that? Mm-hmm. Monetary gain? Who does it? Probably not women. You know what I mean? Like, there's a reason to... Moral of the story, always worry about yourself and your protection. Always have that in the back of your mind. Like, even when you're trying to climb something, be like, okay, is it high enough that I could die, could fall? Maybe I would look like a pussy if I go through taking these extra steps or two to protect myself from a fall or whatever. And it's like, but that's my self-protection, right? That's my freedom. Sometimes you got to fuck around to find out. Yeah, I mean, true. <laughs> and sometimes you find out the hard way, you know? No, but back to our earlier conversation... I think some of it is like there's two types of people. There's buyers and sellers, content creators and content consumers. Mm-hmm. Like there's more consumers than there is producers. Yeah. Like for so many things. So like why people wouldn't just want to go look up stuff and educate themselves instead of taking someone's word for it because they'd rather just consume the information here and just sit there on their phone, scroll, 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 instead of creating the content like what? Literally, you're doing right now, creating content, That's putting good out good stuff out there. That's it's good a point. rare Thank thing you. for people to do. And why, why is this so rare? 
It's, it's weird. Or like for the police thing, like people would rather use a solution that's given to them, like call on the phone, than take it in their own hands and produce a solution themselves by having the, like a firearm and solving the problem that way. I mean, well, first off, thank you for just a good content compliment. Because mm-hmm. sometimes I don't feel like that. That's why I haven't done a solo in a while. Honestly, I feel like I've been, I phoned the last one in. I was like, I don't want to do that anymore until I have a good. But anyway, I grew up with around firearms, right? Mm-hmm. So I understand I may be a little biased, but I doubt it because I've got the mentality I have. And I, there's been times... Well, I don't know. I didn't grow up around firearms, and I'm still, like, 100% for them, so... That's what I mean. I don't, I don't think I would be against them if I didn't grow up around them. I don't think I'd be scared of them, right? I don't think I'd be scared of people with them. I think I'd still be intrigued, and I'd still be interested in my self-preservation in my own hands. But growing up with them, I've grown up around people that are just as passionate. I've encountered people that are reckless with them. Right, like I've mm-hmm. I've had a lot of experience around responsibility and irresponsibility, you know, all that good shit. But one of the things that stuck with me is as a kid, dude. My grandma, my grandpa's house. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I lived with them for a long time, and uh, every corner of that house, dude. When I was growing up, like as a kid, like. Five and older, right? Shotgun, rifle, every corner. Damn near every corner. Fuck, you come up the stairs from the foyer, there's a little rocking chair. There'd be like two shotguns behind the rocking chair. And my grandma would always be like, Roger, what are you doing with these guns? And sometimes he would take care of them just to appease her. But a lot of times they'd find their way back out, right? (laughs) And one time they got in an argument. Well, they didn't get in an argument. She got mad. She came downstairs, and I had a shotgun leaned up in the corner of my room. Mm. She was like, that's not loaded, is it? And I was like, no. And she's like, then why isn't it in the case? And I was like, I mean, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) You know? And she was like, you need to put it in the case. And I was like, I mean, I can, but how come grandpas aren't in the case? And then she immediately goes, well, he's an adult. You know what I mean? We argue about that all the time. Like, he's just not going to change, yada, yada. I was like, Jesus, okay. So I put it in the case, <laughs> put it under my bed. But it looked cool. Yeah, well, right. <laughs> well, and then I asked my grandpa about it. Like, might have been the next day or a couple of days later. I was like, hey, grandpa. So, I, oh, I, I remember we went bunny hunting and uh, my shotgun got wet. Mm-hmm. And I leaned it up in the corner by the fireplace and he just had his on the table, shells laying all around it and shit. And I might have been like 10. And he was like, uh, or I was like, um, so am I going to get in trouble for leaving this here? And he just kind of looked at me and he was like, what? No, it's what? You got to dry it out. You don't want to put it in the case. What? And I was like, no, 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 I know, I know. But the other day, grandma came downstairs and she saw my shotgun up in the corner of my room. And and he was just kind of went, listening to me, you know what I mean? (laughs) And I was telling him, like, she got mad and I asked him, or I asked her why you can have yours out. And she just told me you're an adult and whatever. And he was like, let me tell you something. It's like she can get mad all she wants, but she knows how to use those guns. She knows where the ammo is. I don't keep them loaded because she doesn't want them loaded when you're here, even though I know, you know what I mean? You know gun safety. You're not going to squeeze a trigger, fucking load a gun up, right? He's like, but they're there because they're quick access. 
He's like, I work third shift. If I'm gone, I want her to know where they are. They're visible. She has, even though she's mad, that's kind of, and he didn't really explain this, but it's kind of an indicator. If she's mad, she knows where they are, right? Mm -hmm. He's like, even though she's mad, she knows where they are, and she can make a decision based on what room she's in, Mm -hmm. how she's going to defend herself. I was just kind of like, well, fuck. Well, now my grandma's gone, right? She died last September. Sorry to hear that. Oh, thank you. Well, uh, one of my favorite things is like one of the cupboards right above the oven. Right by, there's a slider door on the porch and there's always birds and shit. And uh, (laughs) it used to have her notepads and just a bunch of shit in it. And he's reorganized since she's gone. And what's in there now is one of his pistols. And it's literally, (laughs) he spends a lot of time in the kitchen and it's literally, you open the cupboard that's there. There's like three mags mm-hmm. leaned up there. You turn around. There's a fucking box of ammo in the, like in one of the drawers, and that's the same thing. I was like, Grandpa, like, it's such an old school way to do it. Well, yeah, dude. And I mean, he's still he's still got guns everywhere. Like, you mm-hmm. show up and he's got to move the guns because we got the kids, you know. And they're not loaded, <laughs> but you know, he just doesn't want them crawling over them or fucking them up, whatever. Can't let them get dusty. No. <laughs> and that's the thing is, like, you teach your kids. You know what I mean? You teach people around you firearm safety. If you don't trust somebody around you, de- yeah, definitely lock them up put him wherever but that's the thing is like he still has that mentality that if i'm in a room i don't want to have to run to another room to be able to defend myself because and he explained this too he's like i'm out here in the country he's like if i call the cops right now 25 minute response time if they leave the station right to the house maybe 20 15 tops if they're speeding the whole way but they've got to worry about deer and everything else, too, because it's the mm-hmm. fucking country. You know what I mean? Right. He's like, at the best, I'm waiting 15 minutes for somebody to come help me protect myself. It's like, it could be done by then. I would rather be able to defend myself and then call them and say, hey, I've got this guy here at gunpoint. Or say, hey, I had to kill this guy that was coming to my house. Or worst case scenario, you have time, or best case scenario, you have time to call him and say, hey, I'm holding him off. There's somebody in my house. I'm in the back room with a gun. If they come in here, I'm going to kill them. If you can get here before then, you know, and then just explain your room, your house, how to get to your room. Like, and that's something I never thought of, dude. And like growing up around that and then just kind of piecing that back together and being like, okay, cool. You know, maybe he was a little extreme by just leaving shit everywhere. Right. But the fact that ammo wasn't out, but she knew where it was. And then in the back of her mind, she's thinking, well, Jarrell's going to stumble across it. He probably knows where most of it is. Like, at any time, he could just get curious and load a gun. and fu- It's like, no, I've taught him better than that, you know, and I trust him. I feel like that makes a big difference, too, for kids. Because, like, curiosity kills a cat. Like, everyone's heard that. And I feel like with firearms, if you're like, oh, don't touch that, you don't educate them on it, it's just something that they can't touch and mess with, as soon as you're gone, they're going to go to that exact thing and mess with that exact thing you tell them not to. Yeah, because who else is going to teach them? Right, or if you educate them properly, you know, and give them proper gun safety, don't put your finger on the trigger, always check to see if it's loaded, you know, you know the usual stuff. Yeah. Right. Like, that would make a world of a difference. Don't. Like, they used to have gun classes in high schools. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing, dude. You don't point at something you don't want to destroy. Like, mm-hmm. I think I was telling you about the buddy that, uh, I think it was a P226. We just put five rounds in the mag, mm-hmm. right? Drop the slide, hit the slide release, and that fucker goes full auto on me. Dad did the same thing, put one in the mag, dropped the fucking slide, went off on him. He's like, stuck firing pin. <laughs> like, and if you were, like, facing someone and not paying attention or practicing proper gun safety, 
whatever was in front of that would be deleted. Right. People or not. Exactly. And that's the thing, dude, is like thinking back on that, I think I even told you like for a split second of my mind, it was like drop it. <laughs> right. And think about if you would have. And then, right. But then that was my training is like, this is a dangerous situation. Like you're in control of it right now. Don't lose control. I wasn't pointing at anybody when I dropped the slide because you don't point, And that's all subconscious shit. Like I've been doing it long enough. It didn't even cross my mind that, oh, I'm pointing it at my buddy. I probably better not drop the slide just in case. Like mm-hmm. I never anticipated that happening. It's never happened before. It hasn't happened since. And it's like, uh, have I changed my habits to be like, ah, oh, that was a fluke. No, because if it would have been a fluke, somebody would have died. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I've been like, hey, dude, check this out. Fucking. <laughs> like, it's just. But like you said, dude, if you're not teaching your kids, if you're not interacting, if you're not. Like, I got a buddy who's, whose grandpa had a 300 Win Mag. And the biggest rifle he had shot up at that time was like 243 maybe. And his grandpa's like, oh, you're hunting with the big boys this year. <laughs> and he let him shoot his 300 Win Mag. And ever, I don't know about now, but like for a long time, dude, he was like flinchy as fuck. Just, like, sketchy around a big rifle. Like, even shooting clays with a shotgun. <laughs> flinchy as shit. Just because his grandpa had the intention of fucking showing him, like, hey, this is a big rifle. You're a little boy. Like, there's a lot of power in these things. You need to be able to comprehend. And you're on the fucking sending side. You're not on the receiving side of this thing. But it fucked him up because up until then he had never really felt the power of a rifle like that. He'd never shot a handgun. Want to hear you know? my story of learning the power of a rifle like yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. So this one time I was in Tennessee, and my friend down there had a 50 Beowulf AR. So it's like an AR mag, and the whole round <laughs> is like a single stack mag pretty much, right? Yeah. So yeah. I got his shoulder. You know, I've shot ARs before. I'm like, it's not too bad at recoil. I go to shoot it, and like the recoil on it is a way different thing. And it has a big-ass scope on it, and I ended up bump-stocking it off my fucking forehead. What? <laughs> yeah, so it shot like two shots because it bounced off my forehead <laughs> from the first shot and reset its stuff. <laughs> Dude. Yeah, so that was, you know, and I, if I didn't have proper control of the rifle, it probably wouldn't have been very good. But being that I did hold it properly right. with my hands, not fully shoulder it, yeah. small lessons you learn, you know. But that's another thing, dude. Like, have you shot a 12-gauge slug? Or yeah, like, like, oh, of course. Like a turkey load or anything yes. like that? They, they're surprisingly, surprisingly, I don't want to say more powerful. What's the word I'm looking for? Yeah, like if you the give re- someone a 12-gauge with birdshot and yes. then slip a little slug in there real quick. The, the recoil on that <laughs> is, is just a game changer, like a low brass trap round. Mm-hmm. Pow. You're like, oh, that was fun. I could shoot like 700 of these today. Might be sore tomorrow just from holding the gun up. You shoot a slug and you're like, what the fuck was that, dude? What the fuck like, was that? It's literally if you just punch yourself in the shoulder, same feeling right there. Yeah. And then you <laughs> and then you step that up to a three-inch slug or a three-and-a-half-inch slug, and it's just it's exponential how much crazier it gets. And it's mm-hmm. like, all right, cool. All right, so there's that. You could always teach a kid, but you sit a kid down who's been shooting bunnies. He hasn't shot a, a deer with a slug or anything like that. He hasn't shot a slug out of a shotgun. You're like, let's hunt turkeys. You put a turkey load in there and you don't warn him. Same fucking thing, dude. It's a heavy, right. heavy shot. Bigger loads, or excuse me, bigger uh, powder load. And the recoil on those things is damn near equivalent to a fucking. Now, the buckshot for home defense, a lot of people are like, oh, that's crazy. It's hardly like, anything. I don't even like my hearing. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like my hearing. I don't even like being able to lift my arm. <laughs> right. you know, I don't like wiping my own ass. But that's the thing, dude, is like. 
it's it's hard because so many people start with pellet guns and 22s. Even people that shoot pistols, they start with like a 22 or a 380 or even a 9 isn't bad. I'm I'm all for that. That's a good way to train for sure. Yes. BB gun, 22, 9 mil, work your way up. Right. And that that's what I was going to say is like that's beautiful for a kid that's learning the fundamentals. Mm-hmm. But if you haven't even taught your kid the fundamentals of like gun control, recoil control, gun safety, you know what I mean? Even just practicing with a Nerf gun. Right. Exactly. <laughs> like, don't point that fucker at my head. Right. Don't even point it at me. Right. Like, if we're both engaged in nerfing, cool. Right? We can make an agreement. We can agree to stop. Whatever. Paintball, mm-hmm. same thing. Airsoft, same thing. But it's like, the second that the actual weapon comes out, something that can actually do harm to somebody's body or life, it's, hold, it's 100% serious. There is no... Pow! Whoa! What was that? Accidental discharge. I didn't. I didn't. I don't know. What was that? You know. Mm-hmm. It's like no, dude. That's that's fucking serious. Or like, for instance, I had an ND story. I'll I'll give. Okay. Like so, one time <laughs> on Thanksgiving, my uncle he had this gun safe, right? And like, all of the guns are loaded, and none of the safeties are on. So I pick up the gun by the time, he didn't tell me this to start off with, right? And I'm just like, oh, look, a, a Caltech Sub 2000. I pick it up holding the top of the barrel, right? I'm like, oh, that's cool. You know, I don't even check it to see if it's loaded because I didn't pick it up long enough. I just pick it up, look at it, I set it back down. As I set it back down, the fucker goes off, shoots through the fucking safe, <laughs> through the ceiling, whole, like, ears ringing, loud as shit, middle, like, literally Thanksgiving dinner. So there's, like, a whole, like, everyone's there, everyone's freaking out. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a shitty... That's that's poor poor storage and poor lack of knowledge, really. Yeah. And that's that's the thing is, like, negligence isn't just in, like, the discharge, dude. It comes down to storage and everything. Mm -hmm. The training. Negligent training, right? If you're training sloppy or you're training in a way that could be dangerous, if you're training too close to steel targets with a rifle, like, just shit like that where you can start hurting yourself or others... Or if you don't think and put them too close together where a bolt can go in a trigger well or something. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. And then the safeties aren't on because you don't practice that. Because you're too cool for that, you know? Well, again, dude, it just comes down to the habits, like the fundamentals. Mm-hmm. That's what I was going to say is, like, it's great for a kid to learn that. But then if they're not learning that, there's always going to be the you leave and they might know the comedy you're safe. Or they might open your fucking, let's say you got a shotgun in a case and they're like, I've seen dad fucking load this thing. Right. You know? Let me just. Or I played a video game once and seen how they do it. Like, that's all it takes. Right. That's all it takes, dude. I can get on Google really quick and see how to load a shotgun. I can watch a YouTube video. Right. You know, whatever. But the second that they know, or not the second, but when it's become habit that they know that, all right, these are the fundamentals. Like, something as simple as trigger control. You learn it with a 22 or something that's low recoil, that transfers easily into a larger rifle. Mm -hmm. And as long as you can brace decent. The recoil is going to be a little shittier, but the trigger control is there. The second the trigger control isn't there, you're punching the trigger, you're flinching, your accuracy goes down, you get frustrated, right? There's all there are all these things. But even, like, with the Nerf gun, dude, like, <clears throat> if you only shoot Nerf with your kids, and then your kid goes over to somebody's house who has handguns, he's going to have a false sense of confidence. He might even talk his buddies into being like, hey, let's get that out. Hey, I saw your dad fucking had this Glock out last week. Like, let's look at that thing. No safety. They don't know anything about it. Like, my dad has a Glock, and the other kid be like, "No, he doesn't." And be like, "Oh yeah." Exactly. (laughs) And then there's no safety on that thing. And then what happens? You know, they start playing with it, and fucking one of them gets shot in the head. Like, I don't know, man. Like, I think that's what people are scared of. Like, 
and that's the same thing with like the education system. I think people are counting on the schools to raise their kids. They're not counting on their like it's sad, well, the but, internet really these days it seems like like you if you have a young toddler half the time you'll see a parent just shove a phone in their face to get them to be quiet. Oh yeah, and dude, we're guilty of it at times because like I'll come home and and my wife will be like trying to clean the house or do something and my son will be screaming. And then she'll get her phone out and she'll let him watch Coco Melon or whatever he wants to watch just so she can get what she needs to done. But I, I've kind of noticed it's starting to build a habit where, because he's got his own tablet, but mm-hmm. it's starting to build a habit where he's like, all right, if I throw this fit, I get to watch my Coco Melon or whatever. If I distract mom while she's trying to do something, she's going to appease me with, and I'm not talking ill about it because it's something that we've talked about. Like, we don't want. Honestly, we're thinking about homeschooling them, too, because it's like what's going on in the education system. One, I don't want to rely on that being a release where, okay, kids are gone all day. When they come home, I don't want to deal with them because I feel like I've been on vacation for eight hours, you know. Mm -hmm. Or daddy's had a long day at work. He doesn't want to come home and be a dad because whatever, you know what I mean? Hopefully you learned how to be a fucking proper kid in school. Hopefully they taught you manners. Hopefully you got reprimanded by somebody else for not knowing manners. Like, hopefully you're learning how to follow authority. Like, I don't, I want to be able to teach that. But I also want to be able to teach, like, the gun shit or the sex shit when I want to teach sex shit. I want to be able to teach, like, drug interaction. I want to be able to teach all the things. Share my stories and then not have it be um, a detriment to my kids' friends' families where they're Mm -hmm. like, come on. You can't go over to Mr. Miller's house because he's got all sorts of guns. Or you can't go over to Mr. Miller's house because he likes to drink beer. Or his, you know, whoever. He's probably got people over that smoke weed. Or he might have weed plants in his garden. Whatever, you know. I don't want that to be an issue because they don't want to parent their kids. Like, I'd rather they come to me and say, hey, dude, so my kid had a couple questions and I didn't know how to answer them. But I also don't want to be teaching other people's kids, like, hey, this is how you handle a gun hey this is the dangers of sex hey this is the dangers of drugs you know hey you want to smoke a joint for your first time don't smoke it with your friends don't be drinking beer for the first time with your friends come drink with me you know i don't want to be that person but Mm. i just long story short jeff i don't see it going in a good direction i see yeah i agree i see pop pop was it poplov in the 80s oh uh yuri bestrum i can't it's some russian name yeah I know what, what you're referring to. Yeah, I, I can't, I, I, I see it going the exact direction he said it was going, where everybody's distracted now, there's war on masculinity, and we're getting to the kids first because those are the easiest people to manipulate. And then the kids, you get to their parents because you put something in the kid's head. Best case scenario, they ask their parents about it and they don't know how to answer it, so they just brush it off or ignore <laughs> it or give them the simple, you know. And you can't say they're not pushing ideals through TikTok or these short little videos and stuff. And then it's like, I don't even know how to word it. It's, it's a whole nother world. It's propaganda. It, yeah, 100%. It's propaganda. It's, dude, it's an, it's, it's an information war. That's what it is. Because now, just in that example, now you're, you're educating kids in something that's false or skewed that the parents don't know about. I mean, to me that sounds like infiltration. Mm-hmm. You got into the home. Like, the parents don't know you're in the home. Right, like, you could be 100% for guns and stuff, but then if your kid's watching these videos all day where they make them out to be the bad thing or the evil thing, then they're, this kid's going to be like, is my parent bad because they own a firearm? 
yeah, they're calling cops on their parents. Or better yet, dude, what happens? How about this? I got I to gotta take a pee, but... Let me, I me too a little bit. <laughs> let me pause on this. What if there were there was an outbreak of workplace shootings? How would that mentally affect you? Um, not at all. Okay. Like, I mean, obviously, like, I would feel bad for people getting injured, but I feel safe and secure in my own precautions I have in place to prevent me or people around me from getting injured. Okay. Without... Now, that's that's very few of us. Okay. I just want you to know we're in the minority there. What about a kid who doesn't have that means and he relies on authority figures within that school to protect him? And all he sees or she sees is school shooting here, school shooting there. What do you think they're going to think? I, I don't even know. Like, when, when I was in school, I was like, why do these kids got a result to violence? Like, you, you haven't just dropped out? Like, you can just not go to school. Right. <laughs> like, well, I think a lot of these kids are thinking getting rid of the guns is the answer because now I'm scared to go to school and hang out with my friends. And maybe this bully on the playground is, if I say the wrong thing, he's going to come to school and kill me. See, and to bring it all back around, some of the CIA mind control weapons and energy, direct energy weapons and stuff that have proven to do certain things like that have a lot of the same symptoms as stuff that some of these school shooters are reporting in their manifestos. Yes. So it's like, who would benefit from that happening? Not them, but the politicians will take advantage of the situation to disarm people even further. And that's a long-term play. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, did you want to rap, or did you want to pause, go pee, come back and rap? We're, we're almost at three hours. It's your call. It's up to you. It's your episode. Bathroom break. Okay. <laughs> we'll be right back. <laughs> All right, we're back. Much needed piss. Much needed piss. Indeed. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I just wanted to make a quick note on the drunk driving thing. I'm not condoning drunk driving, and I don't want to leave people without a solution. Just know your limits, okay? If you're going to drink a beer or two, have a burger, right? You're mm-hmm. not going to get drunk. You're not going to get buzzed. Whatever. The best way to test your limits is just ride a bike. And if you've had too many, you can't ride the bike. Right. <laughs> but on the basis of protecting yourself, have safeguards. If you're drinking with a couple buddies, tell them, hey, man, if I get past the limit where you think I should be able to drive or you think that I'm going to put anybody else, including myself, in danger, anybody including myself in danger, let me know. Give your keys to the bartender. Say, hey, when I get my tab or, hey, at the end of the night, when I go to leave, I'm going to get my keys from you. If uh, If I seem too inebriated, call me an Uber. Right. Don't let me just like if I go outside to smoke a cigarette or I'm not going to leave without my keys, obviously. Plus, it's so much more fun if you have like a way to get home, like a ride or like a designated driver. Because then you can just go like go ham and not have to worry about it, not to worry about the legal liability that comes with it, too. (laughs) Yes, dude. And (laughs) then also you're not putting you're not taking all your safety into your own hands. Right. Mm -hmm. Like if you go to the bar, you're sad, you think you're going to get smashed and drive home. That's all in your hands. Whether or not you kill somebody on the way home, that's all in your hands. You get pulled over, you go to prison, that's that's on you. But if you go out with a couple of buddies, you designate a driver, right? Now you're putting it in other people's hands to say, all right, Rotate, rotate sober drivers. Not just that, but to be able to say, hey, dude, you're pushing alcohol poisoning. Like, you should probably stop drinking. You have a a first, second, and third person to be like, hey, you should probably stop. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? If you have people around you that have your best interest in mind, even if you're out getting smashed together, right? 
there's still limits to like how far somebody will let you go if they care about you. Mm. Then nobody's going to let you just leave a party or leave a fucking bar on your own and walk home if they're there and they care about you. They're going to have dibs on you and say, hey, man, you know, you need to walk somewhere, I'll walk with you. You know, just like that type, just those little things, dude. Shows a lot about people's character if you pay attention. Right. And again, indicators. Mm-hmm. You know, I had a shitty example, I think, earlier about a paint booth, but I hope <laughs> people got it, you know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, man. Um, At the end of the day, really, for like all of it, just don't just trust whatever you read or see for what it is. Like, always educate yourself and verify stuff. Always question. Don't even just trust what somebody tells you. Like, I hope when I say these things, people... I've only gotten a couple of emails, right? And it's been like, hey, man, you're doing a good job. Keep it up. You know, I'm enjoying the conversations. But it's it's not people being like, hey, um, so you mentioned Unit 731 happening in the 60s. False, right? I'm not getting that sort of in-depth people taking what I'm saying and being like, holding me accountable. You know what I mean? Being like, hey, dude, this is false. Like, I've done the research. Like, educa- educating me while I'm trying to educate or even keep conversation going i hope y'all try to prove some of the wild shit we've said today wrong because you'll be quite surprised by the documents that you find yeah and that's the thing dude like you're not speaking out of your ass like the you've you've looked at the documents i even asked you when we were upstairs like what percentage of these were heavily redacted and you were like eh, you know because <laughs> there's there's several of them that are Heavily redacted. Like, some of them, you'll get like a full page where you just see line, 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 all black lines, and like a couple sentences at the bottom. They're like, see, technically we released it. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, we you know, we right. released it, but we didn't release the information in it. Right. But we released it. It's like, okay, but the word the isn't releasing the <laughs> document. <laughs> right, right. Or it would be some specific person's name, because that's what the Freedom of Information Act was like based off of, but it doesn't give any context to the person, their involvement, or whatever... Well, the whole document was involved about, you know. And actually, um, just to piggyback off the Unit 731 example, or scenario, would it be an example? It's Topic. not a scenario because it happened. Topic. The uh, Japanese government semi-recently released the names of the people that were known to be involved in it. Hmm. Yeah. That's pretty wild. Crazy. Some of the documents, too. But um, if you do have any sort of morbid curiosity, go into it knowing that you may see something. Well, you're going to see shit you can't unsee. You're going to, whether it's footage, you're going to read shit you can't unread. Whether it's footage, documents, video, there's a lot out there. There's Viewer a lot discretion is advised. Yeah. So don't be uh, surprised if you see frostbitten people getting hit with logs or you see babies laying in a womb of a woman that was cut open like there's those images out there dude and they're fucking disturbing i but, mean even on youtube but, stuff like that yeah yeah but it's important to know that it happened i mean yeah it's important to know that it happened so that we don't repeat it or at least we can mitigate the repetition of it because we can see the indicators leading to it I think it comes down to the two things that change the world are books and AKs. And what do they try to regulate? Books and AKs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> do it again. Um, I don't know if you listened to the first Drew Frisbee episode, but I asked him like something about the importance of 
maybe I stated it, something about the importance of children getting to read stories, whether they're fact or fiction, so they have experience. Because if you can, if you read a book, you're in that scenario. And even if it's a third-party perspective, you say, okay, this person in this scenario did this, and it didn't turn out. And you have the experience to say, mm-hmm. okay, even though it may be fiction, especially if it's nonfiction, but even though it may be fiction, I can see where this is a realistic outcome just based on, you know, the things that the the events that happened. This is a realistic right. outcome. Like, I'm not going to try that because this guy in the book tried it and it didn't work out well. Right. Or you say, okay, if I'm going to do it, I need to be aware of these issues or these potential threats, these hurdles, these whatever, that way you're a little more successful, you know? Mm-hmm. And like you said, dude, what's war on information, man? What are they trying to stop? Well, they're trying to push certain things to children to read. They're trying to stop children from reading. They want them to read certain things. Like I think we used Huck Finn as an example. The N word is all throughout that. Good. Like, as an African-American male, good. I would rather children read that and be aware of that word and then know how it made both the characters feel, right? I don't want the, the first time they hear it to be in an argument on the playground where some racist dad uses that word at home so his kid... And then they don't have any sort of context to how it can make somebody feel or where that word is actually originated. Like, I don't really know how to explain it, but I, I think it's better to have exposure because they're going to be going through all sorts of thought experiments in their head. And then that's part of a kid is, yeah, maybe you use that word with your friends and then your friends are like, hey, dude, that's not cool. Maybe they think it's funny, and then you use that word in front of a teacher. You slip up at home, and then you get reprimanded. And you're like, okay, there's limits. Did you ever experience any trouble with that while growing up? Oh, yeah. I went to an all-white school. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, I was actually telling my daughter about a story. Uh, Because she's got skin tone about like I do. My son's a little lighter than my youngest daughter's like white. Well, she's not white, but she looks white. She's pretty, she's tan. But anyway, I was telling my oldest about this time that I was at a party. And this is just a little bit of insight to my parenting, I guess. I was telling her about this time I was at a party. And, um, and this is kind of the same conversation that maybe five came up, right? Mm-hmm. And I went with a buddy of mine, and it started off, we stole his dad's car. Oh, what a great idea. What could go wrong? Yeah, right. And he was talking to a girl, and I don't know exactly what the conversation was, but I got the feeling that she wanted him to come out because she felt more comfortable with him there. And uh, I agreed. Let's steal your dad's car. <laughs> you're, you're driving, right? I'm going to assume all responsibility as the passenger of whatever happens because you're an inexperienced, inexperienced driver. If you hit a fucking bridge pylon and I go flying through the windshield, I accept our responsibility, right? I said yes. <clears throat> so anyway, we take this car. We drive like 
probably 20-ish, 25 miles. We get to this party, and it's like maybe six girls, 20 guys. And immediately, dude, egos flared up. Like, who are these fucking guys, this? And then we got shunned initially. <clears throat> and then just, again, growing up in a white school, like, a lot of shit just rolls off my feathers, dude. Like, if you're going to irritate me, there's certain lines. Other than that, it's entertainment. Mm-hmm. Like, throw the N-word, throw whatever. I don't care. I really don't. Yeah, I mean, even if it's a personal attack, for the most part, I don't care. It's water off my back, right? <laughs> So I'm talking to a couple of these guys, like, I don't really want to name the buddy, but he's, from what I hear, he's cleaned up his act a lot, even sober now. But anyway, he's uh, doing his thing, talking to this girl, and I'm talking to a couple of these guys, and I can't remember exactly what we were talking about. I think we were talking about trapping. Anyway, I'm like, I gotta piss. Didn't, didn't voice it. I'm just like, hey, guys, I'll be right back. And I'm going to look for the pisser in this house. And I'm like, I don't know, for some reason this house seems kind of familiar. So I thought I knew where I was going. Like, it's probably at the end of this hallway. If not, there's, like, two hallways. Right. Like, the way this house was laid out, like, you walk in, there's a living room on the left. There's, like, a bedroom on the right. And then you can look. There's, like, a jog. Hallways to the left and the right, you go through the living room. There's, like, a jog. And then a little bit down that jog is this big opening, and there's a kitchen. And I'm like, all right, I think I got to cut a left here. So I cut a left, and I'm walking past the kitchen, and there's, like, there's this chick in the corner. There's a guy that's, like, basically got her cornered on the countertop. She's not on the countertop, but he's, like, got her cornered, you know? And he's trying to give her this drink. And he's like, here, just just take a drink. Just try it. Just pushing it on Peer pressure. Right. And I see this other dude, like, kind of leaned up on the fridge. And I, like, kind of paused for a second. And, like, I don't know if I looked up, but, like, I had the feeling, like, my brain just started, gears just started going. And I really had to pee. And I continue down this hallway. And I get to what I almost think is the pisser. I'm, like, three steps from the door. And I'm, like, no... Nah, I got to go back and say something. So I go back, and the dude that was leaned up on the fridge is, like, leaned up on the entrance to the kitchen. No door or anything in the kitchen, just this Mm -hmm. big open, you know. And he's leaned up, and I, like, stop for a second, and I'm looking in the kitchen. And uh, he's like, can I help you? I'm like, hey, you all right? Like, just fucking ignore him. I'm like, (laughs) hey, you all right? Talking to the chick. And she didn't say anything. And then he's like, hey, man, you need to mind your own business. <laughs> and I was like, wait a minute. It doesn't look like she wants to drink that. And he was like, hey, dude, you just need to. And then he put his hand on me and kind of started pushing me back into the living room. And I can't remember exactly what I said. I think I said, oh, I do. Yeah. I was like, um, as he's pushing me out, like, my ego flared up a little bit, right? And I was like. It's probably not verbatim, so don't take it as verbatim. But I was like, "You can't fuck her without getting her drunk," you know, something like that. You can't, <laughs> you, you can't get with her without getting her drunk, or forcing her to drink, or something like that. And then the dude that was trying to get her the drink, fucking, just set it on the counter and just fucking beelines toward me. And like his buddy's pushing me harder, and then he fucking comes up over him, pushes me down. And then, dude, the next thing I know, like, 
I'm looking at this dude, and I'm getting dragged. <laughs> There's like two dudes, maybe three guys that came up from behind me, and I'm just like getting dragged out. I still got a pee and shit? Yeah, dude, I did. <laughs> but I'm like getting dragged out of this fucking house. And like I get thrown out in the yard. And like the way they threw me out, I was not quite fetal. I was like on my knees, you know? Mm. And I go to stand up, and like I feel this dude kind of let go of my right shoulder. And I just fucking reach for him, dude. I grab him. <laughs> and uh, we're tangled for like maybe two, three seconds. And I start to wrestle him down. And the second I feel his momentum go to the ground, like, I'm looking, okay, how am I going to land? You know what I mean? And then I'm start like, it's so hard to explain because there's just that adrenaline rush and so much right. is happening. But right. like, I got, I got this flash of like him about to hit the ground. Me worrying about where I'm gonna land, and I'm kind of looking up to see where these other these other <laughs> two, three, four guys are. And the second I pick my head up, dude, I just see this blur of blue jeans, and I'm out. Damn. Need in the forehead. Like I still have a bump from it. Like I got need like a motherfucker. Like mm. it, it fucked me up. And then I wake up in the yard, and I don't know. I'm assuming I got my ass beat because like. I was way more well, sore the next morning I, than I, I should have been. I think you won in that situation, but yeah, I mean, you did the right thing for sure. Well, let, let me finish. <laughs> so I wake up and I'm way more sore. But so I, and not like at that moment, I wake up from that moment and my buddy's like, we got to go, dude, we got to go. And I'm like trying to figure out what the fuck is going on, where I'm at. And he's like, dude, we got to go. Like, come on, we just got to go. And I'm like, what about, you know? this girl or whatever and like i'm still confused like and he's trying to drag me to the car and i'm like trying to get up i'm on my ass you know what i mean trying to get up like kind of probably imagine that position my feet kind of kicking he's pulling me and he's like dude don't worry about her we just gotta fucking go and i think he thought i was talking about the girl we went to see and i was talking about that other girl Mm mm-hmm and I was like, no, dude, like, I just don't feel right. And he was like, dude, we're going to get fucking murdered. He's like, it's just us. He's like, do you know anybody? I don't know anybody here other than that, that girl I came to see. And, like, I'm kind of coming out of it now, and I'm starting to think a little more clear. And I'm like, I heard a couple N-words earlier. Like, that's not a good situation. I'll look it out of here. So I get in the car reluctantly, and we go back to his house. And, like... I went to bed that night. I woke up the next morning sore as fuck. Could hardly roll over, right? Got my ass beat more than likely. It wasn't really bruised, but I, I have an idea I've what happened. No you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> but, dude, to this day, like, I don't know if I made that situation worse or better for her. You know what I mean? I didn't. I, I probably didn't stop her from getting molested slash raped. Well, it sounds like if they were focused on her and then they changed their focus to you, maybe she had a chance to dip the fuck out. I'm hoping. But that's the thing is, like, I don't know. I don't remember any other cars in the driveway. I just literally remember. It wasn't a Monte Carlo. God damn it. I don't even remember what kind of car he had. It might have been, like, a Caprice. But I just remember getting thrown, not even thrown, like, helped into the car. And then he goes around the other side, and, like, I'm just looking at the house. I don't see anybody out in the yard. I don't see anybody moving in the house. So I don't know if, like, everybody dipped. I still don't know if there were any cars in the drive. I don't, I don't even know whose fucking house it was, but I don't, like, and that still bugs me to this day. Like, I don't know if I stopped or made the situation worse. 
you know. Right. Because for all I know, like, I just left her there with a dude that was clearly trying to either get her drunk or drug her. There's fucking 20 dudes, six girls, and how do I know they all didn't get fucking raped? You know what I mean? How do I know that wasn't, I don't know. I don't know. And that's still something I carry around is like, and that's one, part of the reason I have the mentality I have is like, protect yourself for one, always, mm-hmm. you know, if I'd have been a little more aware of my surroundings, that might've come about a little better, but just the way I am, dude, like. I'm the same way, stand up for those who can't. You know? Right. I saw something, I said something, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? But at the same time, like if I would have been a little more prepared, I'm not saying I would have, but I would have had the option to reconfront the situation with a little bit more weaponry. I've been like, all right, girls out. You guys can sit around and fucking jerk each other off, whatever you want to do. Get each other drunk, fuck each other in the ass, whatever. <laughs> the girls are leaving. Not with us. They're leaving wherever the fuck they came from. If they want to come back, they come back. That's on them. But while I'm here, my peace of mind, you know what I mean? I mean, maybe that's the best outcome, the one that happened, because then they could spin the whole narrative, then you're catching charges, and it's much more bullshit, so who knows? No, I get it. I get it. And that's the thing, is at that age, I'm not saying I would have, but Mm -hmm. it's just one of those things where it's like, I was in a scenario where even if something bad would have happened, my buddy, he wasn't going to help me fight. Like, he was same size as me, if not a little smaller, and he was there for that girl. He walked into a scenario that he was kind of blinded by love or lust, whatever. And it just ended up being like, I ended up being the one dude to call out the situation. Mm-hmm. And everybody, even the, I'm assuming the guys that I was talking to fucking flipped on me. And they were like, you know what I mean? Like, this guy's cool. No, he's not. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> what a douche. How come he's going to try and ruin our chances at fucking all these bitches? But, hey, you know you got some rent-free spot in his head, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. Is to this day, like, I kind of hope he overdosed, you know? loneliness, whatever, I kind of hope that he's in prison, something that he's not, um, because that kind of mindset, dude, if you're successful, especially at that age, like, you just carry that on into adulthood, you abuse your wife, you're fucking taking advantage of people at the bar, like, whatever the situation is, it's not good for other people, like, let alone, you, you right. know, his mental well-being, it's not good for the people around him, I don't know, man. It's interesting to see people in high school that think they were hot shit and then they just try to live off that for the rest of their life and really they're like shitty people. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And then they just get all fat and have a bunch of kids. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, you know, you do have that, but that's just one of those things, dude. It's like, uh, I know you asked me about like dealing with N-word and shit or ra- racism and it's, you know, it's just one of those times where like, People were just making jokes, even before, like, all that, you know, just getting to know people. They were, like, making jokes. And it's like, I know where your head's at. Like, we're not going to be cool, you know. You're not going to get my number. I'm not going to get your number. But you're also not going to get under my skin. Like, if you're just trying to see where my limits are, feel it out. Sounds like sneak dissing and shit, where they're, like, having a conversation with you, throw a little sneak diss in. That's what it is, dude. And it happens a lot, you know. I mean, there will be people that will be like, hey, let me tell you a black joke. It's like. Okay, <laughs> you know, here we go. Here we go, dude. Yeah, you've yeah, never been in this situation. Um, last thing I will say though is uh, just because it kind of made me, that made me think of this. Like one of my uncles one time, when we had the cabin on Higgins, I was out on the dock doing something, and this is after like three days of them just fucking 
fucking with me, dude, like hard, just <laughs> fucking with me. And he came out to get in his kayak. He was going to kayak somewhere. I can't remember where. And he was like, hey, let me ask you something. I was like, okay. <laughs> and I'm expecting more diss and, you know, more bullshit. Mm-hmm. And he's like, so how come you're you're so chill? I was like, taken back. I was like, what? <laughs> like, I'm not. I guess I'm just me. And he was like, no, I, he's like, we've been pretty hard on you and we've been talking and kind of thinking about it and we don't know why we singled you out the last few days, but he's like, you've been taking it like really well. And like, not even thinking about it. I was like, dude, I've dealt with worse. Like I I deal with worse daily. Like you guys giving me like simple shit. Like to you, it seems aggressive because I'm, and I didn't say all this, but it's like thinking about it now. It's like to me, it's nothing. Like I deal with worse from my peers at school. Or when I go to somebody's house and their dad says some dumb shit because he doesn't like black people, but I'm friends with his son or whatever. And it's like, you guys feel like that because you're my family, you're my uncles, and you know you got to give me a hard time so I can go out in the world and not react and fucking not have my first, the first reaction with my, my temper be with somebody who will beat my ass, right? Like that's part of. I feel like picking on your kids a little bit is to kind of toughen them up. But I was like, you know, I just deal with worse. And he was like really quiet for like 30 seconds. And he was like, man, I never really thought of it like that. He's like, I've never had to deal with really anything but my brother's picking on me. I was like, yeah, dude. Like, it is what it is. You know what I mean? I can't can't fucking change it, you know? (laughs) I can't just pick my school or whatever, but. So to anybody listening out there, you know, if you're a white person at a black school or a black person at a white school or a Mexican at a white school or whatever, just don't, that's not the world. You know what I mean? I don't experience it as much anymore, but the fact that I am open to just hearing the bullshit because it just rolls off me, I do experience it probably more than somebody that's more aggressive when they hear the N-word or a black joke or whatever, you know, Mm -hmm. but... Yeah, it's, I mean, did you ever experience it, or were you ever in those circles where it was happening? I mean, not too much around here because I have a lighter complexion, but I've been on, like, certain job sites where it's, like, all Mexicans and I'm the one white guy, and then you kind of get, like, shit on, (laughs) you know. (laughs) But it it happens. I don't take it too personally, I mean. Yeah, well, I mean, I could have guessed that just by your demeanor and, like, your outlook on life, you know. You don't, you don't. To me, you don't have the mindset that the world's trying to attack you. You just have the mindset that, like, uh, to me, you have the mindset that, like, the world is skewed and confused. Shit happens. Yeah, and you can't hold, I mean, who knows, dude. Some of those racist kids might have got their ass beat by a group of black kids, and then that's how they cope with it. Is it right? Probably not, but. I've definitely met people that talk like that, and that they say similar reasons to that. And, like, you can't judge a whole race of people without individual actions right that's the thing dude just like those people are criminals no matter the color of their skin like if they're doing that shit they'd have done it you know unless they came from like a more privileged situation no matter the color a black kid that's rich born rich grown up rich probably isn't going to be the guy that's out robbing you same with a white kid now a white kid that's growing up in the fucking ghetto he's in the projects he's probably going to be a lot more likely to fucking 
do some shady shit, just like a black kid or a Mexican kid or an Asian kid, you know? I think the most dangerous people are people trying to prove they're dangerous people. That's deep, dude. That's deep. I would say let's end on that, but I got to ask you, you got anything you want to plug? You got any uh, words of wisdom? Mm. That's deep. Stay free. Think for yourselves. Yeah. Stay free mindset, physically, Mm -hmm. financially. Do what you can to not be dependent on anybody else for your success or your safety or your freedom. And people will be like, oh, I don't got time to do this or that, but check your phone, see how much social media time you got. It's going to suck either way. It's going to suck to go to the gym and do lift the heavy stuff, or it's going to suck to be fat and be obese and out of shape. And honestly, dude, to piggyback off that while we wrap this up, if you really want to be on that phone, use it for work. Mm-hmm. You can still use Facebook. Just use it to promote your business or your product. The AI algorithms, you can get them to your advantage where it shows you good, positive things. Yeah, which is going to do nothing but motivate you. Mm-hmm. Which is going to make you a better person. Instagram at jblackwell369. Plug that in there. <laughs> hey, hey. <laughs> Hell yeah. jblackwell at 369. Or jblackwell369 mm-hmm. on Instagram. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, thanks, man. I really appreciate you doing this. For sure. It's a good one. And uh, We'll have the links in the description below. Absolutely. And we're also going to have to do, a, do another one semi-soon with Zach, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Or, you know what? I'll leave it up to you guys if you want to do yeah. one together or if you want to have another guest on. Be looking out for the Ladder Up podcast, my podcast, starting up soon. Got our first episode recording this week. Um, it's a motivational podcast. Yeah. gets people on the ladder to, you know, get into the next level in life. Um, got some business owners, personal trainers going on there. Um, yeah, I'm, I'll be back on here and we can plug that. Dude, yeah. Once I mean, once that's live, come on, promote mm-hmm. it. We'll talk about that. Fuck, we can even... Like I said, dude, even throw a little snippet at the end of this if you ever want to. For sure. Hell yeah. I appreciate it, man. Always. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of Whistlepig. If you would like to support this podcast, please like and subscribe, rate and review, and follow on social media at Whistlepig Podcast on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and Rumble. You can email questions or comments to whistlepigpodcast at gmx.com. That's G as in girl. M is in man, X as in x-ray.com. And until you hear from me again, get outside, take a kid with you, and stay free.